0: Lights, camera, action.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of Movie Madness in association with Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, and I'd like you also to say hello to my little friend, Keenan Bonner. The match we'll be getting into today is 1983's Scarface versus 2015's Black Mass. I did say we'd have Jack with us, but um, those five-hour film weeks on uh, Champions League week aren't for everyone. Mm. Just the two of us, Keenan. We
0: can make it if we try.
1: Yeah, no appearance from shoot again, but we've grown to expect that. Uh, Jack did say he'd be here, so what's disappointing but we move we've got a very good film a good film plenty to talk about we'll start with 1983 scarface and we'll give this film the uh, special treatment that goodfellas got although the fact there's only two of us here we won't be quite doing the uh, three-hour podcast which i'm sure you're happy about keenan maybe the listeners are happy about it. i don't know if they like if they like listening to us for that
0: I would assume I there'll be some pleased ears. I mean, We're not... It's um,
1: a well-received episode, that one. Was it? Yeah, it's been, I think, the most listened to of the season so far.
0: Oh, well, good fellas getting the recognition it? It's great yeah.
1: film. Um, um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. Probably it was a great pod. We'll start with Scarface, as I said, the synopsis. In 1980 Miami, a determined Cuban immigrant takes over a drug cartel and succumbs to greed. So pretty much giving you everything up front there and just saying, like, buckle in for the ride. Critics' reviews, what are you expecting?
0: What do you think? What do you mean?
1: Some of these are reviews from the Times, so I don't know how you think that would would have been received in 1983.
0: Wasn't this film, like, I don't know, I'm pretty sure people just were buzzing off about this from the the jump.
1: Mm, Not quite, but I do have mostly positive reviews. I'll I'll tell you a bit more about the reception, though. Um, Okay. one of the best gangster dramas ever made, driven by Pacino's haunting performance and De Palma's lightning pace. De Palma and his writer, Oliver Stone, have created a gallery of specific individuals. And one of the fascinations of the movie is that we aren't watching crime movie cliches. We're watching people who are criminals. That was from your boy, Roger Ebert. Legend. Um, R.I.P. A movie that... A movie that appeared intent on revealing an alarmingly contemporary criminal subculture, gradually reverts to under- underworld cliché, covering its derivative tracks with outrageous decor and an apocalyptic production number finale, ingeniously choreographed to leave the anti-hero floating face down in a literal bloodbath. Uh, I hope that wasn't from the time. Uh, that was, that was from 1983. Most don't of these
0: like are. So I don't like that. I not if you read that in a paper or something.
1: I yeah, I know. Mm. The dominant mood of the film is bleak and futile. What goes up must always come down. When it comes down in Scarface, the crash is as terrifying as it is vivid and arresting. And finally, director Brian De Palma and star Al Pacino take it to the limit in this stylized, ultra-violent and eminently quotable gangster epic that walks a thin white line between moral drama a celebratory excess.
0: I bet that person was so buzzing when they when they wrote for a film white line. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: for if you don't know, and anyone listening that doesn't know, this is referred to as some as a remake, although technically it isn't. Um,
0: it's the original one came out. Yeah,
1: or? I watched a documentary about the making of this across the last couple of days. And essentially, there seemed to be somewhat of like a renaissance of that film in and around the time. Um, Pacino says that he'd heard such things about it from his parents. Uh, there's a scene with the star of the original film is, is flipping a coin. And that was kind of the iconic image of this uh, gangster classic. Um, De Niro was in and around this film, um, supposedly told Pacino, look, if you don't make this film, me and Scorsese are going to do it. And that was all he needed to hear to kind of say, right, we best fuck our ideas. And, <laughs> I respect and, uh, that from Dave Bob. Get, yeah, get this over the line. Um, essentially, they liked the premise of this kind of rags to riches, house of cards, gangster film. Mm. Um, but they thought it wouldn't really work. It wouldn't really stand out in the time today. There were so many kind of Italian-American gang film in and around the time. And they thought, Putting Pacino in another one of them, for one, it's not going to live up to Godfather. And two, it, they really did want to stand out, as I said. So the premise they've took there, and they went through, I think, four writers, and they were like, they had this concept that they just couldn't quite twig. Um, ultimately, and I've not taken down his name, um, I think it was like Lut- Lutma or something like that. He's a, he's a famous writer. <laughs> Um, he basically came up with the Fidel Castro um, Cuban refugee mm-hmm. take on it, and they swapped out the prohibition alcohol for cocaine. Yeah. Then the original writer, who I'm kicking myself for not taking down his name. He wanted to do this as a very bleak, kind of artsy standout film of um, basically he wanted it to be kind of. De- depressing throughout, not kind of the flash, and the like Miami uh, jazz that you get throughout this. Um, Oliver Stone could not have been further apart. He wanted this to be blood, guts, in your face, and basically just not like anything that anyone had ever seen at the time, Um, which there's the one scene they put in there just to make sure of that. While penning the screenplay, Oliver Stone, he, he starts to travel across South America originally and then he comes back and goes through Miami he's hanging out with the kind of people that you would see later in this film um he says effectively he was doing a cocaine tour of the world um and as fun as that was for a brief time he then realized it wasn't very conducive to writing a great movie script so no, he actually weird, but... yeah he says he realized he didn't like the person that cocaine was making him become he takes, himself off, he takes himself off to Paris, so he must have been in a decent whack at the time. Mm. Um, he takes himself off to Paris because he says, essentially, it's one of the few places in the world that I just didn't think I'd be able to get my hands on any. Goes cold turkey out there, locks himself away, and comes out with this unbelievable script. Um, he had, at the time, just come off directing uh, Henry, I'm going to say, he did or had an involvement in Conan the Barbarian. He did another film as well uh, called The Hand, uh, 1981, which bombed horribly. It had Michael Caine in the lead role. Mm. So nobody wanted to work with him. Pacino comes to him and says, look, this is the idea, I need you to get behind this. And uh, the producer's um, name, again, I've read about 80 times this week and suddenly it's gone from me. been
0: swept up in the hysteria of doing this film, like the prep's not what it normally is.
1: If, if the issue is actually I've got too much prep, that it's not standing out to me. <laughs> Essentially, the, the, the producer pays him more money than anyone else is going to be giving him at this time. His name is dead in Hollywood, Oliver Stone. Nobody wants to work with him. And he says, I find it interesting. Um, Yeah, I guess I'll I'll get this done. Puts this script together, brings it back. Eventually, they get Brian De Palma on board, who just loves how in your face it is. Mm. And then this is what you get. Brian De Palma was working on Flashdance at the time. He was three weeks into it. And he essentially was do this artsy film around barns for most of your time filming this or fly out to Miami, you and Pacino, and you're going to make probably the bloodiest film that's going to be on cameras, on screens uh, this year. Yeah, fair. Yeah, he decides, that's the move I want to do. Yeah. And that kind of kickstarts the process. As it turns out, it's a pretty good move. Yeah. For, For anyone that would maybe have predicted that, um, Tony Montana is named after Joe Montana there's, there's no coincidence there Stone would find it difficult to come up with a name he was a San Francisco 49ers fan and so just named him after his favourite quarterback so it's as simple as that, oh, I didn't know that. yeah um, the big issue they had with this before we actually get into the film was getting it onto screens this was so unlike anything at the time they they couldn't get it past the uh, the uh, kind of, uh, I don't know the right word, so like certifiers, the movie boards, yeah, the censorship, yeah, that's yeah. it. So essentially each time they showed it, they would say, all right, you need to change this, you need to change that. And De Palma took advantage of the fact that effectively they were so repulsed by this film that they didn't want to keep re-watching it. So each time he would change a little bit, keep the thing that he'd been asked to change previously.
2: Mm. And he
1: made enough of these little changes that they got it through. In the end, the only thing he actually had to cut out of the film before it went to theatres was in the uh, chainsaw scene, you were gonna see uh, like a severed arm just hanging from the top of the shower. Oh, okay. That was the only thing he removed, the rest of it. He essentially said, yeah, 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 just don't worry about it, we'll get this removed. They didn't bother to do the checks that they should have done, and so they get to see the piece that uh, we see now. Strange, um, strange
0: attitudes in the world. The work like just things have moved on and quite like, desensitisation. But like
1: yeah, you watch it was a not,
0: p- you're not repulsed either. You've been bouncing. It's a min m- film, but so just doesn't doesn't seem don't see it the same way.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Um there's, there's a quote, and it is supposedly uh, one of the uh, premieres, one of the viewings, uh, around halfway through the film, Scorsese turns to De Palma and says, look, everyone's going to hate this. So, oh, sorry, they're going to hate this, the critics, mm. the studio execs, he was like, but I love it. And he was like, that's all I need to hear to give me the kind of pat on the back, the legitimacy to know I've done Miles. it. Like, Miles I've made the film what here. a guy! He he. Scorsese supposedly told him um, the kind of indulgence in cocaine and just the power going to people's head. He was like, you, "You're putting a mirror on these people, and they don't like it, and that, that's, why that's why they're never going to be on board with this film." He's just honestly, he's like not the best guy ever.
0: Yeah, he really is. Martin Scorsese. He's, not, he's just the best guy ever. Yeah, he's well, fucking meant I love everything about him.
1: Obviously, the accent is a big part of this, and Mm. during filming, Pacino told uh, John Alonso, the director of photography, that he could only speak to him in Spanish in order to ensure that um, he picked up the language and perfect the accent. And the one phrase that his um, word, elocutionist, does that sound right?
0: (laughs) His dialect coach, essentially. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, The the phrase that he had to master to get the accent right was, um, fly pelicans, fly which is why in the hot tub scene, you get that on the news channel, and that's why he says it, and you can hear he's of like, rolling every word as he mm. says it in that scene, because that's the line that kind of helped him perfect the accent. Oh. And then just finally, before we actually get into the film, um, Pacino had to go through an extensive uh, kind of schedule with experts in knife combat to help get him in shape for this. And then outside of that, boxer Roberto Duran took him to the side and told him that he could help him attain the body type that he wanted for the role. Um, Pacino says that Duran also helped inspire the character because he had a certain lion in him. Um, So he had kind of a dream team to get him ready for this role. But imagine walking into your gym or whatever it is and you've got Pacino and Roberto Duran in there getting themselves ready. What a combination. Yeah,
0: fair. I imagine those workouts were fucking rough.
1: <laughs> um, <clears throat> if we start then with kind of Tony's journey to Miami, you, you get this quite aggressive opening theme song. It's almost got like a, like a whipping noise, like periodically mm. throughout it. You've got like a Fidel Castro montage. I guess they just really wanted to hammer home this theme. And drive this home before they introduce you to this larger than life character.
0: Yeah, I mean the mass, em- the mass uh, uh, emigration is. Yes. Yeah. I don't know the Castro bit. I, I understand it. I mean, it just means they can they make him Cuban. Yeah. It gives him it gives him a reason to go. But I don't. It's not the It's not overly overly important sort of thing.
1: No. Essentially, um, it kind of worked historically because particularly in America, they did think they were only getting, in their words, the wrong type of Cubans that were coming across. Um, and so that's why they're able to base this around the character, because they felt American audiences would actually be able to kind of uh,
0: they're racist. understand. They were racist or, enough yeah. to be like,
1: yeah. yeah, <laughs> says, yeah
0: cool Cuban, of course he's dangerous. I mean, in fairness, political ideologies aside, um, what Castro brought into Cuba, there was obviously gonna be a chance that people who are criminals would be trying to get away. Yeah. Yeah. Joe strict police in yellow. He had essentially had a death squad for a bit. Um he was whipping people off the street. Like that you would actually could actually just be taken off the street and put in jail. So um, funnily enough, if you're a criminal, probably not yeah. for me
1: this one. might might See if I can get get away. It's it's a good way to start as well, because you start with this kind of interview at the port. Um, hmm. and in only in like a couple of lines, just a quick back and forth, you get an instant idea of what well, Antonio Montana, as he's called at the start, his personality is supposed to be. Um, he says, Well, he gets uh, he says, how did you get that scar? Uh, eating pussy, he says, how, how, how the fuck are they get a scar like this? Eating pussy, what are you on? And he gets asked about cross dressing, he like turns to the other guy, and he's like, What's this guy talking about? And then he delivers that speech at the end, doesn't he, where he says, uh, there's nothing you can do to me that Fidel Castro hasn't already done to me. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, again, it's just uh, another it's one of them. Just Castro's yeah. the bad guy. It's also, I mean, at the time, I suppose maybe maybe 83, maybe
1: the Russians were the new enemy. The next thing you see, obviously, is him in... Is, is camp the right word? And that's what they call it, isn't it? Yeah, I mean,
0: I, I I don't I don't know if it's the right word, but yeah, who can call it a campus? Was it? it's, yeah, well, it's I, almost like an in, it's not an internment camp, it's like a holding thing for yeah. immigrants.
1: they they got kicked out of filming in Miami pretty swiftly with this. Um, a lot of people in and around the area actually thought this was a Castro-funded film to make light and mock American Cubans and. The other people that didn't think that thought this was just a horrible film that was just going to put Miami in a horrible light and this mm. is going to send tourists going the opposite way. So they end up filming a lot of this in Chicago and oh. the scene where, I was going to say camp again, so I don't really know what else to call no, it. It's fine. Um, that's why it's filmed from like above because they're filming under a bridge on like, underneath a subway. So all you would see above is these massive buildings. You're going to see trains and all sorts going past. So they film it from above. The director says, oh, it looks like the world's on top of them and all of this. But it just meant they could just keep it really tight and contained and not show you anything they could give away where you are.
0: Where you are. That's fair. it's a good trick.
1: And then you get a good idea on Montana's character pretty quickly, don't you? They Kind of, for a second hesitates when being asked to kill uh, someone who's involved with Castro and then the next thing you get uh, for a green card I'm going to carve him up real nice
0: oh mate he's game as fuck
1: <laughs> Rubenga,
0: Rubenga.
1: Him, him running away in that scene it's like the equivalent of being like a Fenerbahce fan dropped in the Galatasaray away end like, yeah, the way no, this just flocks around him. He's standing out like a sore thumb. And he's just got these people just taunting him around him.
0: Yeah, that's... Yeah.
1: It's, he also uh... does himself no favours in terms of how he stands out.
0: No, it's, uh, it's over for him pretty quickly.
1: Yeah. And, uh, yes, unfortunately for him, there's a green card on the line as well to get it done extra quick. Mm. You also... This is where you get right at the start of... of when people are going to die, or when there's a certain big change in Tony's emotion, you have this quite jarring music, don't you, where it's not yeah. like a smooth soundtrack in the background, it's almost like aggressive to your ears. Yeah. Like screaming at you, something bad is about to happen.
0: Yeah, it's very over over the top.
1: I took down here, because this is that's the last thing we see before they go to Miami, and so part of the sequence might be a bit out of shape here. When Tony and Manny are on the beach and Manny's saying to him, look, and he's pointing at the, there's a girl in a blue bikini that walks past. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, look, you're missing all the action. So she, actually, no, she's walking past uh, the car when they're parked outside the first Coke deal. Yeah. Um, She actually goes missing before the film even comes out. And she was never heard from again. Um, while working on the film, her name was Tony Lynn Leppard. She had a breakdown on set while watching them film the chainsaw scene. Yeah. And she was taken to her trailer and she expressed to one of the people on the set that she had fears about money laundering and people wanted to kill her. Um, she quit the film shortly afterwards. I think there was going to be kind of a callback where she was going to walk past later in the film. Oh, okay. and suddenly she was going to be interested in money yeah um but yeah she, she she quits the film then she's never seen from again um there's all there's another documentary out there of, uh her sister looking for her because her mum died i think she was ill already and the stress of her daughter going missing kind of sped up the process as it would yeah um and yet yeah, that there's nothing ever been found they don't they don't have a lead or anything she just like vanished from the face of the earth. Like they have no, no clue what happened. But the last she was seen is is on the set of Scarface.
2: Jesus, that's dark.
1: Very. Um, we can kind of skip past some of the uh, them being on the burger truck um, and him being quite unhappy mm. and go to the first coke deal that we do get. This is the first kind of uh, insight only five grand on the line, by the way, that they're getting for this.
0: Five in nineteen
1: eighty-three, mate. What? I'm not asking you to be a mathematician here, but how how big are we talking there in terms of an equivalent? <coughs> uh, I don't know. Should we, should we have a look? Should we Google it? Because I just want to know basically if they're getting kind of a <laughs> a fair deal there, or if they are being ripped off. Because watching it now. That seems, that seems incredibly low.
0: Uh Oh, wow. How much do you reckon it is? Just a little rough thing. Times it
1: by three, maybe? Mm,
0: not bad. Not a bad guess at all. Less than, less than that, but not, not bad. $5, so what $5, are they $5, doing <coughs> this
1: Excuse me, $5,000 in
0: 1983 is equivalent in purchasing power to about $13,770 today. Do you think it's their
1: first job in the country... They're trying to make their way up. Like, you ain't got a lot. I'm asking you like you're on, like, yeah. like you're in the scene here, like, do you reckon that's fair, Keenan? But, but I mean,
0: you ain't got a lot. You're an immigrant. You're doing it. working in the burger van and all. Yeah. If we saw that in so, a so someone, film... someone chucks 13 grand in front of you. Let's talk, talk about it in today's terms. Someone chucks almost 14K in front of you. I mean, you've got to split that down as well, though, that's the only other thing I'll say.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, the, you've heard the rumours of the Scarface remakes over and over and over again. Um, mm. If the film is remade today, we have this opening scene and they're getting 13 grand. Do you think
0: yeah, we're you looking think,
1: at that and going, oh,
0: fuck's sake, yeah, you you played it's yourself. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, fair. I can tell you about the sequel now, actually, before we go through the film. So it was reported in a 2001 issue of The Source magazine that Brian De Palma was working on a sequel that would bring back Michelle Pfeiffer, and it mm. would star rapper Cuban Link, formerly of Terror Squad, lean back as uh, Tony's son. Um, that obviously never came to fruition. Brian De Palma was asked about it before and he just laughed in the interview and that was all he got. Um, There is a sequel that is in the works. Um, I think it's going to be kind of like this being a remake that isn't a remake. It's not going to be a direct follow-on. But if you want any kind of legitimacy to it, it it's being written by the Coen brothers.
0: Mm, I don't like that.
1: With um, Antoine Fuqua signed on to direct,
0: I do like that, my guy. Um, however, I just can't see the Cohen brothers doing that. This, they, the stylistically, it's just going to be fucking so different.
1: I've, I think this is one of them where the money that's probably been offered to them has just been. They were like, oh yeah, we'll do that. Because if like there's a whole Wikipedia thing of. This person signed on to write, this person signed on to direct. And then it's like a year later, they were removed yeah. from the project. This person signed on. This has been going on in 2011. They claimed, like, this is all locked in. We're going to be getting this out by about
2: 2013. Mm, yeah, Didn't are.
1: happen. And then the last we heard, I think, was 2017, maybe. And I know the Cohen brothers still hold the rights to the project, but yeah, obviously not a priority for them.
0: No, I mean, they even just did a quick Google. It's, you're talking sort of three years ago that Antoine Fouquin was there, and it's not.
1: He, he's he been in and out of the project, I think, three times. He just renegotiates for a film that doesn't even have a script yet. Uh-huh. Nice. Bizarre how Hollywood works. Um, this Coke deal then. So this is the scene, as I said. It's essentially supposed to be like, if you like this, great. If not, just like, get the fuck out now, turn this off go home, because the rest of the film just isn't going to be for you. And the scene supposedly is based around a story that Oliver Stone was told in a bar one night in Miami um, by some of the people that would be involved in these kind of situations. Mm. So whether it's embellished or not, he obviously thought, well, I don't really care. This makes like it would be great for a film. Yeah. Do you remember the first time you saw this film? Because Usually no. a film like this, you tell me like, I was two weeks out of the womb and I put Scarface on and it's changed me forever. But did you see it before or after you saw Goodfellas? After. Long time after, because I imagine you see a film like Goodfellas, that gives you the taste for, you're in gangster movies. This is quite high up on the you list.
0: Have to, uh, you have to remember how young I was when I watched Goodfellas, yeah, so yeah. I don't... Um i don't i mate, i couldn't tell you i reckon i was pro- probably younger than i should have been what a surprise um i was probably about 12 or 13 when i
1: first watched this Yeah, i reckon i'm probably about 14 15 i reckon yeah but i remember being completely yeah. taken aback by it i remember i saw it um i don't think it was on tv i think i bought the dvd i think i told you this before i went through a phase and i literally just had like a bare shelf in my room and mm. I discovered that you could buy these used DVDs on Amazon and essentially most of them were about one pence each and you then paid £1.27 for the postage and I pretty much just liked the feeling because I always go for like the very good as it's built or like new and so it was like you were buying them from the shop Yeah. but I just like the look of getting them putting them up on the shelf and seeing all these different films and I got Scarface and I must have stuck it on. Just, I, I get, you, you've you heard so much about it, but I'd never heard this takes place, that takes place. Within about film. three days of seeing oh. it, I went out and bought, um you know, they do those uh, steel books, they call them, the ones you get in like HMV. Um, it had like a metallic cover and it's him holding the machine gun upwards on the case. But mm. I just felt like this bog standard DVD copy I have of this just isn't good enough. And in fact, when I would have met you, so I started um in the place that rhymes with Schmapita um in twenty fourteen. Yeah, and, when did I twenty fourteen? There was a little cardboard um like postcard mm. in the D V D case that I pinned up to my desk there. So that nice. gives a rough kind of timeline as to when I watched it.
0: I John, do you know, I don't remember knowing anything about this film when I watched it. It was a very long time ago.
1: I think I knew, obviously, Say Hello to My Little Friend,
0: and that was pretty much it. I, mate, I don't even think I knew what that was.
1: It's, it's can't it so for sure. much, though, isn't it?
0: But I do, yeah, but I might have heard it, but I do, didn't know that that's what I was hearing, if that makes sense. Yeah,
1: yeah. Just the name Scarface is kind of in and around. I mean, it's just kind of in your consciousness. but I, yeah, just, I, just, I, never... I don't know.
0: It's so long ago. I know it sounds stupid because I didn't tell you exactly where I was when I watched Goodfellas, but I suppose that just just happens to be my favourite film ever. But I don't know, I just, I remember being young watching this.
1: Stephen Bauer says the reason he thinks this film has carried on so much is early 2000s rap music. And he says there was just a phase where you could not listen to a hip hop track
0: without 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 a
1: Montana reference, a Scarface Mm -hmm. reference or something. And that's almost become a thing in rap. So that's continued. I, I, I sent you um, the lyrics from Illis Motherfucker Alive, the bonus yeah. track on Watch the Throne. And and that's because he, he references Scarface and Heat back to back. Um, and the lyric, This is what the ending of Scarface should feel like, has always stuck with me.
2: Mm.
1: And so you think that's 2011. So it's still being referenced then. And so that's probably why. Scarface can be in and around us, but yeah, still, it maybe took us both some time to sit in front of the DVD and put it on. And the fact it's three hours—that's quite a commitment.
0: Yeah, I watched this on. I mean, I remember this. I watched
1: this on TV, not even a DVD. That baffles me when people say that because
0: the amount of adverts you would get in this—it's yeah, a long old gaff mate. Yeah. ICB4 break it up into two, and it's, still yeah. <laughs> it's on for about four and a half hours.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, they, they would spend two and a half hours with Tokyo Drift.
0: Mm. Yeah, you get about four and a half hour. Yeah. A long old trash run. But I did the same with The Godfather 2, actually. That's how I watched that.
1: I watched that, not last Christmas, the Christmas before. Um, oh, no. And we've actually got both of those on the podcast uh, just after Christmas. So uh, I'm looking forward to re-watching those. Um, this Coke deal then. So they get out of the car. Oh, I said to you, Tony's got that, that red shirt on with... Um,
2: Mm-hmm. The different
1: birds on there and I said I've, I've never watched this film and not looked at that shirt afterwards I just love it so much it's a hidden I shirt would, I would not like Tony Montana in that shirt but I think he looks like the coolest bloke in the world when he, does he gets not. out there yes he does, he does. no he, he at, does not at the end of that scene
0: that shirt when, is jank I said I think scene, you'd look
1: good at it but that doesn't make it a good shirt <laughs> uh, I think and in my head i think i look good in it if i wore out all the things that you said you think i could look good in so that shirt a big thick stash
0: mm.
1: <laughs> i'd be probably put on a watch list if i left the house in all of it i
0: think if you were wearing that shirt you couldn't do the clothes you couldn't button up i think you've got to have the white teeth yeah, on yeah. underneath and have it flowing in the wind very much denzel in two guns
1: i think it would be more like rick ross in any of his music videos if i'm going for an another shirt rossi ricky rose um yeah i said Um, they march in to do this deal big 5k you've got (laughs) your woman on the bed with the pillows propped up there just watching the tv um everyone in that situation froze me out throws me out from it would
0: throw me off immediately yeah. Wash your missus what we're about to we're about to do a coat deal why is your bird watching family ties on tv right. i'm just eyeing him down yeah, yeah like come on let's let's bit of professionalism shall we
1: manny and his boys um, angel fernandez uh, and chichi mm. have a lot to answer for because there's, there's bad lookouts and then there's this
0: um oh mate, scandalous
1: Manny's uh chips in by the car the guy that comes up with him, um, Angel, Angel, as he says later, doesn't he? He says, uh, uh, My man, Angel Fernandez, he was a good man, but that's in the past now. And I like that every time. He writes him off so fast. He <laughs> <writes him. laughs> but he actually, right. he's tasked with being upstairs, standing outside the door as a lookout. How yeah. the hell does that guy get the jump on him? You've got one job to look left and right, and your guy gets up a whole set of stairs,
0: metal stairs, and he's right? on you. Metal stairs.
1: No walked up metal
0: stairs. It's almost <laughs> yeah. impossible to do without making a noise. I understand the streets but, of Miami are pretty loud, but he's, not, he's like six feet away from me. Maybe you hear something. No, maybe,
1: maybe, don't. maybe this is why Tony's like, like he is a good man, but he's not too good. Like imagine Manny comes up with him and he gets iced in this situation, and the whole the whole film he's got to put up with Angel on his back. He's getting nowhere.
0: Yeah, Manny really is. Manny's is the boy. That's all that f- needs to be said. He
1: must not trust Manny because the fact he doesn't take him as the second guy. don't
0: know. I don't, don't know. Or Maybe he thinks he's a better lookout than he is. <laughs> different skills. Maybe you trust him that much. Where do you want oh, this just question? Where do you want him looking, looking out for you close or looking out from you far afar Do you think he's going to do a better job? Also, yeah. Manny's out fucking far away. What happens if he sees something?
1: Yeah, I mean... It takes a while to get up the stairs and they've been gone and he's like Look, 15 minutes and come up
0: yeah
1: it takes that long to get up there any seconds any seconds later and mm. we've got we've got a much shorter film
0: money the hero of the scene hero of the situation really
1: i know they're trying to send a message if you're trying to get this job done i mean a, a chainsaw is probably not the most efficient way to do it your you missus has deeper. got a shot you under the pillow like yep. You can make the same message just
0: you can make the same mess
1: that alone yeah, message but i mean take out angel and then say to tony like now you're going to give me what what i want
2: yeah
1: chainsawing him <laughs> i can't see you sending him that much of a different message other than yeah horrible mess to clean up afterwards
0: yeah, yeah. shoot someone with a shotgun from close range tell me i ain't the same <laughs>
1: <one>. You know? <laughs> manny and the boys Come up and uh, thankfully clap your woman before she's got time to uh, reel off that shotgun again.
0: She ain't surgical with it.
1: No. Um, the, the 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 lead guy there leaves the yayo, gets at the situation, and yeah. uh, witnesses and police just clearly aren't very good in Miami because Tony caps him four times in the head on the street from close range in a main street and just yeah. drives off and they're
0: like yeah sound <laughs> no one no one like if you actually look at the scene so no no one no one even turns around
1: but you get it there's no one like, screaming but there's yeah.
0: no no, one, no one's running like
1: they're all perplexed by that shirt that is a great shirt it's janking it it's so bad <laughs> he wears some great shirts throughout the film i think
0: he does wear some great shirts throughout the film that is just not one of them if um, that was, if you were doing a sh- shirt night with the boys and you turned up in that, <laughs> you wouldn't look out of place in the sight. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's probably fair. Um. So, did you find this film particular that scene particularly shocking at the time of seeing it?
0: Oh, I can't remember, mate.
1: Well, reportedly, around fifty percent of the critics that were in the first screening to see it walked out when they saw that scene. They just said it wasn't it wasn't needed, and I hate who who's. Decision that is to say, this isn't needed. That's too much in a film. But well, yeah, but we've just we've said we've
0: said essentially the same thing. We're just saying it's not a great method. I mean, I understand they're talking vision.
1: Well, yeah, but and we're
0: talking about efficiency. But
1: I'm saying, oh, that's too much. Like that that's that's bad filmmaking. That I don't know why you're putting that in a film. That's just you, you you've got a film about a drug underworld.
0: Yeah, okay. exactly. I, I, I don't remember being. I remember. I don't remember being overly shot. I mean, you don't see. It could be a lot worse. Yeah, I think now with the like advanced technology, if you're making it now, it would be worse.
1: It definitely would be. Yeah, if we really got the blood blood in the camera shot that we didn't get knives out.
0: Oh, God. the blood in the camera. So right there, <laughs> it's all about cliches. Yeah, I get,
1: even. At the age we were, even if we've not seen them, we've seen that there's been about seven Texas Chainsaw Massacre remakes by this point. So, mm. someone being chopped up with a chainsaw isn't that unheard basically, of. Pa- basically, part of the course oh, these days. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No,
1: I know. It is a great scene, though. It really does it kind of set the stall, as we said. Just the scenery in general, as well. You've got Miami Beach, or what's supposed to be Miami Beach in mm. the background. You've got the kind of projects that they're meant to be in. Um, Everyone there looks shifty. Because yeah. if we say you he do not bat an eyelid at when he guns him down in the street, when money and the boys are rocking up to the apartment, they're literally carrying the machine guns by their. Oh waist. mate, yeah,
0: no shot at all. <laughs> no shot of him.
1: puts it by his side and he's yeah, like,
0: Can you actually see? out in his hands, not even tucked in the shirt or anything. He's just strolling about. No qualms.
1: Unbelievable. Um, from there, so this is when Tony first gets a taste of the life goes to see Frank. They suspect that Omar's set them up. They mm. insist on personally delivering the recovered drugs and money to Frank. Um, Alvira comes down the stairs for the first time and one of those classic things that you get in all films where the whole room turns around to be like, this is the most beautiful woman in the world. This is incredible. Um, and Tony from that point is uh, head over heels.
0: It's a bad, bad nice situation. Bad situation. All so, comes, all stems from that meeting, really, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, Brian De Palma really didn't want to audition um, Michelle Pfeiffer at this point. Uh, mm. He said that she was best known for being a box office flop in Greece, too. Um, the other auditioned names were uh, Glenn Close, Gina Davis, Carrie Fisher, Kelly McGillis, Sharon Stone, and uh, Sigourney Weaver. Um, they were all considered or auditioned.
0: Um, um, stone, but on pro- spot. I, I could see you could see getting the role.
1: Yeah, but the producer, Martin Bregman, who's who I was thinking of earlier, yeah, um, worked with Pacino a few times before on uh, *Serpico* and *Dog Day Afternoon*. Mm. Um, he really pushed for Michelle Pfeiffer to get it, and eventually, uh, yeah, she gets the role. Um, he he was integral to this because he actually told. De Palma that he had his money before uh, Stephen Bauer had even auditioned. He hadn't even said a line from the script. He just said, that's your guy, and essentially took a rift by telling De Palma that I found him. Don't worry about it. Because around this time, John Travolta is begging, reportedly, Pacino to let him play Manny in this film, and Pacino wasn't keen to begin with, and he's me politely refusing Travolta saying you've got no fucking chance. <laughs> Thank God. Fuck me. I, Matt,
0: I genuinely think if you've got if you've got Travolta as Manny, you and I are having a very different conversation this evening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's so it's so strange, Jim. Stephen like Power in Stephen Bauer does understated and can't do understated. I have never seen John Travolta do understated.
1: No, and that's I, what you I need te- in a in a second. I text tk the bit of trivia because um, I knew he wasn't going to be on this podcast. Mm. And he said, what a weird spot Travolta's found himself in because he can only ever now be taken half seriously, which is why it kind of works perfectly in Pulp Fiction. But I don't mm. If you If you put him in a scene with Travolta, you're kind of having to share your screen time. And Brian De Palma said, he, he referred to Pacino as beautiful, actually. And he said, the greatest thing about Travolta, uh, about Pacino, sorry, is no matter what he's doing in a scene, you can't help he's but look focus. at him. Yeah. He yeah, said yeah. he he said there's no one else like it in terms of just completely the audience is just transfixed whenever he is in front of the camera. Yes, yeah, just keep going. Um, well, not Not so. So yeah, I'm glad we didn't get Travolta for this. The casting is pretty spot on. uh, Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer is absolutely world in this. I mean, she looks poked off her dome, um, like when she's coming down the stairs to start with.
0: Oh, mate, yeah, she's definitely up. She was definitely having a bump upstairs.
1: And pretty much your first lines, aren't they, are... um, Frank says, lesson number one, don't underestimate the other guy's greed. And she comes in with lesson number two, don't get high, on your own supply. Oh, that's awesome yeah, a Nice bit of foreshadowing from your boy Frank, really. Yeah, everything he says in this scene comes true. Mm-hmm. Um Al Pacino actually went off script in this film. You want to wriggle around there? Um, oh sorry. Yeah. Yes, I, you, you there was like something mad going on down your mic. Um oh, Al, book, pa- Al Pacino went off script actually when they started filming and used the word Yayo um for cocaine. And De Palma apparently just had the biggest grin on his face. Like, what'd you say? And he's like, "Yayo, coke, slang for coke." And he was like, "You're using that the entire film."
0: As if De Palma didn't know.
1: Yeah, but like other characters in the in the in the film suddenly start using "yayo," so you can see he quite clearly just loved the reference <laughs> of it for the film because where um, does it where does that officer, come from? Do you know? I don't know. No, um, I don't but either. Like, the police officer says it, um, uh, Alvira says it, Manny says it, they all just start dashing out like yayo <laughs> throughout the whole film. The Palmer, obviously, was like, I don't know, the, the, the first time uh, he heard it and he, he just fell in love. Um, you, You've got some great chat in this scene but for what essentially sets up the rest of it, isn't it? Because it's essentially, Tony is just envious of everything in that place. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, when you was watch, obviously rewatch this for for the pop. Yeah. Fuck me, how eighties is this film? Yeah.
1: Like and a lot of the complaints and trivia are about like outfit choices and decor and that
0: kind yeah. of thing. Like, if I think of if I was to pick, maybe well, I suppose it is probably because of this film. But if you said our oh, coke down in the eighties, I would just think yeah. <laughs> like a coke house but, in the eighties, a drug dealer's house in the eighties, you just think of everything in this film. Is there only f- there's the there's the
1: leopard print in the car isn't there that's like so <laughs> bad. Um, the the quote that got me in this scene watching it again is Frank says, "Who would want to kill me?" and Aldera says, uh, "The catcher you on your little league team." And Frank says, "That son of a bitch. He didn't get a base hit all season. All to kill him." But it reminded me very much of um, Tommy in Goodfellas when uh, he said about, uh, "I should charge him. What is it?"
0: Uh, mm. 7,000, I,
1: should, um, I Yeah, yeah. 7,000. And it reminded me of that with just the quick thing, him laughing at his own joke yeah. as he says it. Yeah, it's just brilliant. Um,
0: Imagine I might be like Hunt- a, a drug, drug law just turned that to play like a Sunday League football, basically.
1: <laughs> Tony, here's the stuff from Hector and his Colombians. Two keys worth 50 grand. It cost my friend Angel his life, and here's your money back. My gift to you. Poor Angel, R.O.P. If you're going to get into someone's good book, that's probably the way to do it. <laughs> Yeah, Francis says John, sorry about your friend. If people would do business the right way, then no fuck ups like this would happen. Don't think I don't appreciate the gesture. You're going to find if you stay loyal in this business, you're going to move up. You're going to move up fast. And you'll find your biggest problem is not bringing in the stuff, but what to do with all the fucking cash. And Tony ends the scene saying, I hope to have that problem someday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How much would you like a night and a Babylon?
0: Well, if no one gives no me one's.
1: birdcage vibes.
0: If no one's if no one's got a gun on them, yeah, I mean I imagine it'd be all right. We Reminded me see... of, of the club in the raid too. Where your man dies.
1: <laughs> we get to see Tony dancing with Alvera. Great gift spawns from that. Not um, uh, not not blessed with uh, shapes, <laughs> is RL? Pacino or Travolta dancing, which do you prefer? Oh, Travolta, Travolta, isn't it? phenomenal. If you dancer. could dance with one of them, which would you dance with?
0: Al uh, oh, Pacino.
1: Travolta in uh, Pulp Fiction or. Uh,
0: It'd be Pacino, because I'd look like the better dancer. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was wiping the floor with me. Him, he that has way. that uh,
1: cigar in his mouth, and I like Elvira's dancing. it makes me laugh as well, because uh, she's got her arms almost up like a little T-Rex, and did you mm. ever watch Ed, Ed and Eddie when you were younger?
0: Uh, I did. I didn't, didn't like you know, anyone here as much you,
1: as you. Do you know the way um, Double D runs in that, where he's got his arms up by, up by his armpits, and he kind of shimmies his little legs that's essentially how elvira dances in this and then she just starts swinging them like she's like rolling dice um mm. later on uh, yeah
0: some wild moves
1: <laughs> tony says to her hey baby what's your problem you're good looking you've got a beautiful body beautiful legs beautiful face all these guys in love with you only you got a look in your eye like you haven't been fucked in a year and her biggest defense is that he's called her baby <laughs> it's not anyone's business who what when or how i fuck. and he says oh baby now i feel you and uh, she goes off again but we then have essentially for the next like hour of the film every scene with those two involved is supposed to be tony breaking her down a little bit more and her warming to him mm. and you get that with the scene in the cadillac at the car dealership where yeah. he puts on the hat that Michelle Pfeiffer was wearing while she was looking away. Yeah. Um, that wasn't scripted, so you can probably see it's the biggest smile she has in the entire film. Yeah. Um, that That's her genuine reaction, because she didn't know it was coming. Um, to her credit, as De Palma says, she stayed a character and ad-libbed a line, and yeah. he just loved that exchange and said it was the perfect way to show that she was starting to warm up to Montana.
0: Mm.
1: Well, she would have played it differently she was like, oh, fuck off, you prick. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> just like, what are you doing, you balance?
1: <laughs> oh, we've got from that Tony Returns Home. Um, short little scene. I love it because there's the clip of his mum saying. Uh,
0: He's a bum. You're a bum. <laughs> <He was laughs> You're a
1: bum, bum then. He's a bum now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's an underused and underutilized insult. It's a great
1: insult. Do you know when when this is filmed? Well, I guess oh, when it was filmed. I mean, it's obviously still the case. Um, the mum is only four years old, older than Al Pacino,
0: Miriam. I didn't, I, I didn't know that. Mental. Yeah, I don't don't want uh, to don't want to don't want to drag it down, but she she, she she's accurately playing the mum there.
1: <laughs> Tough paper round. Mm. Um, yeah, she obviously disgusted by his life of crime, throws him out. We see uh, Manny's attracted to Gina, but uh, Tony tells him to st- stay the hell away, and you get that little rift of music again as he's yeah.
0: angry. Yeah, I mean, uh, Manny was told. He was. It will get on. Big tone. Big, big tone, <laughs> big tone yeah. says he's got two two <laughs> things in this life. His, yeah. His word and his balls, and he breaks neither for no one, nobody. Wow.
1: Nice setup because we're about to get on to one. My, certainly, my our favorite.
0: favorite scene. <laughs> my favorite scene in this film by a country mile.
1: Unreal. You've got that incredible wide shot of the poacher uh, Bamba and the music as as this scene kind of comes in. Um, you can see them kind of walking through the plant as the production mm. line is going on. Um, and then we've got this little discussion with um, Sosa. Omar, and uh, Tony. Um, one of the things Pacino does in this that also wasn't in the script is uh, they they all get handed that glass of uh, lemon lemon and water that's supposed to, like, freshen up their palms, freshen up their yeah. fingertips. And Tony takes the lemon out and he starts eating it. And it's mm. just another thing that he's just, just supposed to show that he doesn't really belong in this kind of high class. No, um, he's,
0: he's,
1: well, not he's, a, he's not but that guy. He's not that guy. Tony starting to feel it like he's the guy. Yeah. yeah. So oh, says. Yeah. Uh, so this Frank Lopez guarantees to buy 150 kilos of cocaine every month for a year. I manufacture. He sends you to pick it up down there. I can sell it to him for a little for as little as seven thousand a kilo. You cannot do better than that. Um, I did watch the South Park episode again earlier before ah, we did this. <laughs> it's nice. <laughs>
2: Uh, I love this so much. Forgot scene it was the so same much.
1: episode as um, Randy giving himself cancer to get medicinal marijuana. It is, yeah. That's mate, <laughs> That that doesn't even enter my mind. That's such a wild no,
0: I, man I, Your I... man is space hopping on his own nuts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, Ends with uh, Sharon wearing, wearing, wearing a bonnet
0: coat. <laughs> like, and I don't even. If you if you wouldn't have said that to me, I would not even have. That would even have entered my head. That is solely that, about the scarface, but
1: the thing that gets me is um, <laughs> that Jamie Oliver referenced. Like, I didn't even know it was a thing in America. Like, for him to be the one referenced as uh, yeah. Sosa in this situation is, is just <laughs> unbelievable. And oh, that's I'm Sosa, right. sorry, as um, the Colonel. Yeah. Um, Sosa tells him about Panama being risky or cost more in transportation. Tony gives him the 13.5 key. What are you nuts? Still got to take that to Florida. Do you know what that's like these days? We got the fucking US Navy all over the place. You got frogmen, the EC2 aircraft with a satellite tracking, the Bell 209 assault choppers. No duck walk anymore. Forget about the 13.5 key. Forget about on the 13.5. Like one of them, like your dad or someone else
0: who's. He heard on. a
1: report on TV or the rest yeah. in the paper and he's just directly quoting it back to you with maybe no understanding at all because Tony does not know about Bell 209 assault <laughs> trackers he, uh, he had never heard the word frogman before
0: until he's <laughs> read that somewhere.
1: And uh, the satellite tracking and, and all of this, um, he just wants to make his point and uh, so sir respects it, fortunately. But gets away with a lot in this scene. He does. Um, he to like, him, doesn't he? When he sends him away, uh, you tell Frank I'm keeping him on ice, and so, just, <laughs> so she's just loving it. The character yeah. he's got. He gets away with a
0: lot. He's essentially speaking to Pablo Escobar, and he's just dressing him down for about a minute. <laughs> just absolute, just absolute giving him chat, and you're just like, at some point, he, you, you you die here. In nine times yeah. out of ten, you don't you don't make it off that farm. Sosa
1: is, is actually based on a, a real-life Bolivian drug lord, uh, Roberto Suarez, oh. um, a trafficker who just had a massive role, basically, in expansion of cocaine in Bolivia. Hmm. But that—that's who he's based around. He, for everyone else involved, he—he he, he may be the coolest bloke in the film. Uh, Sosa, um, Isn't that
2: right?
1: yeah, the the way um, he carries himself, just every how Smoothie says everything. Um, Sending Omar off to uh, get him out of the helicopter. From what we know, with how things go down, do you think he really was an informant, or do you think this is uh, a power play? This is seeing a way to get this guy out of the way, and you've got this little nutcracker beneath the surface. Uh, I don't know. I like it more if he is actually a grass. He's got the look to me. Yeah, I agree. We'll totally, he says, you may fold uh, under questioning. <laughs> yeah. I never trusted him, that piece of <laughs> shit out
0: there. I never liked him. I never like him. I
1: never trust him. <laughs> For all I know, he had me set up an ambulance yeah. friend, Angel Hernandez killed. But that's history. <laughs> I'm
0: <here>. He's not. <laughs> that, that killed me when I was real. I forgot he says that.
1: <laughs> that killed me
0: the other night. It's like, I'm here. He's not. Just moves on. And he, he talk, then they talk about it again. He talks about Frank. He's like, I oh, know. No, in this business, you get animals like that. <laughs> Oh,
1: I've man. never fucked anybody over in my life. I didn't have it coming to them. You got that all over in this world is my
0: balls are my word I don't break them for nobody. The best part is actually before because he just goes, Hey, Sosa.
1: <laughs> That's how he starts it. <laughs> he points at him and he's got that eye yeah. contact that you will not break.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, I tell you one time God, don't fuck me. <laughs> don't ever try to fuck me, Tony.
1: <laughs> Do you want to go on with me? You say it. you don't, then you make a move. Power yeah. play.
0: Yeah, literally, do or die. Unbelievable. My favourite line, do you know what my favourite line
1: is? I do, <laughs> I only tell you one time.
0: Uh, yes, uh, no, actually, it's not. <laughs> not. I do love that, I, it's the one I say the most, but it's. I like you, Tony. There's no lying in you. <laughs> Me and you, we can work this out. We can do business a long time.
1: The colonel says, oh, "I, I like you, Eric." <laughs> and when he opened up the plane, Cartman was just cracking out, like, no, that line. Sweet. The oh The mate. best thing about that episode, when I rewatched it, is Cartman sniffing chicken skin. No,
0: uh, I was gonna. He just
1: he's a proper
0: chopping it up. He was smashing it, in him, and he's on about this. When he's on about, yeah, you're like you're eating
1: as much as we can sell. He says, "You're eating 35% of my product." <laughs> And when he says to him, uh, you're cutting this down on Boston gravy, and you sort of like, you forget about the gravy,
0: like, who the hell wants to see without the gravy? Oh mate, it's so funny. <laughs> he just puts a finger in, he like swabs it around the mouth. <laughs> so he's probably
1: doing a cocktail. So uh, Boston Gravy. Oh uh, <laughs> I've I've, um, I've watched just this scene like four or five times this week. Um, each time I, I get pumped up when Tony's saying to him, I never fucked over anyone in my life. that did not be coming to him.
0: I can talk. I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll talk to Frank. Oh, man, That oh, kills yeah. me. We can do business a long time. It's so good.
1: Even just that title credit, like you don't need to tell me anything else about it. You invite me to a place called Cochabamba. I'm <laughs> on board. That sounds like an incredible place to go. Get me to Cochabamba, up to Bolivia. I
0: don't think Wilson we enjoy Sosa. that much. My guy Sosa, legend
1: <laughs> the, the last so, thing about this scene which I think you only get on the rewatch obviously is um when they're escorting Omar away um, you see the guy I think they call him uh, spider the guy who's in the car when yeah. I said uh, I said no kids and you you've got the guy who I can only uh, describe as others have as uh, the guy that looks like a Black Terminator um, yeah and you see them both leading away and so you get the call back at the end. Because I do remember the first time I saw Scarface, I was a bit like, Who the hell is this guy that looks like the Terminator just coming in here at the end? Like I was like, oh, what this is a this is a bit weird. And so it makes a lot more sense when you see him back there and you get the callback. He is he is
0: social social boy, basically.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he's is a uh, John Wick. When you need the job done, you send him to do it. Oh, I Did might prefer- to ask. I think, I might have preferred the second to the first, you know. No, I was gonna ask if you enjoyed it. I did, I did. It was an easy watch and I uh, was doing some of my notes while watching it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was on board. Yeah, I liked it.
0: it is, they are good watches. Yeah. You know how much I love them.
1: Your TV's very loud, by the way. Sorry, I'm walking through. I just need to walk through my house. Oh. I thought you were getting this copyrighted. No, no, no. Um, no. Alright. Um, next, next scene to talk about. Um, frank turning on tony um tony obviously back in miami frank is not happy that omar's been <laughs> sent to swim with the fishes um or fly with the birds uh tony struck the deal without his consent and he's uh, starting his own independent cocaine operation um this is the first time we see bernstein here coming in looks like every corrupt police detective you've ever seen in a film talked like every corrupt police detective you've seen in a film and you hate him already and then when he starts saying you know chuck in some first class tickets for the misses just a real piece of work right from the get-go
0: knows what he wants
1: he does know what he wants and he's come to the right man to uh to
0: facilitate yeah correct
1: um as if he's not on a bad night then already tony spots gina fraternizing with a man um, and sees them uh, walk together into the bathroom. Um, I'm, I'm not going to be disrespectful here in, in that situation. Um, but I don't have a sister. I imagine without any, even the ending there, if you saw your sister dancing with a bloke in a club, that'd be, that'd be a bit weird. Let alone oh, what Tony's got to deal
0: with there. Um, yeah, it's never really been my concern. No, but... I have a sister, but I can
1: just I can just say, it's
0: not really a situation I've ever had to contend with.
1: No, no, that's, that's why I'm, I'm being uh, as respectful as possible. Mm. Uh, just, just, just. I'm just I don't. Saying, I, Tony, I, Tony, I, don't Tony, I don't think I'd like it. I wouldn't. Wouldn't. Don't. Wouldn't have enjoyed it too much. Back <laughs> in the day. Tony's got about 10, 20, 50, 100 times worse in that situation, and, and yeah. she's going on like, oh, come on, what, what, what do you think? What do you think I'm doing? I'm just having some fun was uh, a gentleman, as Manny points out, you know, bringing you in. And he says to make out in the bathroom. I think you wanted more than that, to be honest.
0: Well, I was going to um, say, she was about to get railed in the club toilet. i
1: so. <laughs> Um got to message you, even more rustly this evening. Sorry. I was going to do it slightly, but I couldn't get my fingers out. I've done it now. I couldn't get my fingers out. That's a didn't worded that poorly. Um, so yeah, to- Tony leaves then and they, you've got this shot of him kind of slumped on the couch looking as depressed as anything in this club full of people and I guess supposed to show despite the fact that he is now as legit as he's ever been. He's as lonely as he's ever been. He's depressed. Tough at um, the top, mate. Yeah, exactly. And then to make it as if he didn't have a bad enough not already um, Frank's put a hit out on him. It was respectful mm. enough to warn him. Tony did... Try and take his misses, which he kind of pretends didn't happen. Um, he's trying he's he's, yeah. he's try, try to nick his bird successfully.
0: He's trying to run him out of town in the drug game. <laughs> Frank's only got so many options here. If
1: if I'm Frank, I'm looking at Alvira in this situation and saying, "You dirty piece of work!" When he's when she's sat on the sofa and he's saying, "Well, get your own girl, Tony," and he's like, "That's what I'm trying to do," and she just sits there frank mm. come on my friend you've got to be having a little word here and say look i know you're a trophy wife and all but you're making me look bad here yeah i mean takes two to tango yeah tony should know what he was getting himself into as well
0: yeah this, um, see, this is what always you films like this where it happens so he's after, after after his boss's misses happens in many a film but do you not see
1: do you not not see the not see the problems I, do you think it's to do with the character or do you think there's something with maybe Pacino and Michelle Feithel? The only kiss they have in this film is when Tony forces himself on it in the Cadillac yeah. even at, even at the wedding they don't show them having a wedding kiss which is pretty much a staple of any wedding scene that's like the crescendo of uh, yeah. the scene but do you think that's a conscious thing do you think it's to show maybe Tony always wanted her then more than she wanted him. I don't right, know. But it's, I mean, it, it's, make... it ain't
0: it ain't exactly a loving loving union, now is it?
1: No, but usually, like this would be part of the house of cards thing, and you would have a moment of, this is supposed to be the happiest they're ever going to be, and then you go down for the count. But you don't even really have that. The wedding, she doesn't know that happy. No. But again, it's
0: a life. This is that's that's a marriage of convenience for her. Yeah do you, you, That she's about the lifestyle. Yeah, she gets a wake up call. So Frank's dead. Come with me. Yeah. That's that, that's pretty much what it is. You you like it. Did you ever play Vice City?
1: um I played on the PSP, which I think was a rip off of Vice City Stories.
0: So. Okay. Well, in Vice City, I can't remember the name of the drug dealers. But basically, you kill you kill a pair of brothers who are drug dealers, and you get their house. Okay. Are you gonna get like, the GTA Remaster by the way? excuse me uh, comes out a week today I might do I mean I'd be excited. I'd be quite excited to play Vice City again I've got to be honest yeah it's all of them isn't it yeah GTA 3 I don't really remember don't think I ever played GTA 3 to be honest. but that's about an Italian guy as well
1: right? I I didn't get it. The, the first one I properly played was GTA 5 really yeah like I said before I wasn't allowed it so actually I had Vice City stories in there on the PSP I did not win it on PS2. No, no GTA 4. Uh, GTA 4, I did have, yeah. That was I had that on the Xbox. My um, guy, Nico Bellic. Yeah,
0: Bella. yeah Bella. legend. Joe, um, you know what I want them to remaster, I don't think they will ever, is they did a DLC for um, GTA 4. I did so actually. I did the Battle of the Gate Tony, that was great. Um, but they did the Lost and Damned actually, about the Motorcycle Club. Huh. And that was awesome.
1: I think the new one is supposed to have that map incorporated but i don't know too much about it they've been saying about gta 6 since god alive for about, about like 25
0: yeah yeah i uh i don't know uh it depends on how much the the remaster is that will that will that will base price point will be my biggest thing yeah. i bought the mafia remaster the trilogy i played mafia i've completed mafia one and it was awesome
1: I've, I've never got, played no, that. I've, all I've done is the first
0: level. Of it. Mate, it's, the story is so good. Um, Mafia Two is one of like is one of the best, one of my favourite games ever. Um, i have still, re- I will replay that at some point. My guy Vito. And the Mafia Three people hated, but I actually thought it was really fun. Um, it was, yeah, it was, was just not really player, different.
1: I know TK likes
0: it. Oh, awesome, mate. They're very, very good. Did you ever play? Just sorry, we will talk about. Think yeah, so. awesome. Did you ever play either of the Godfather games?
1: No, but I'm going to ask you about the Scarface game before we finish, so.
0: Okay.
1: Um, I know you mentioned that. Um,
0: yeah, the Godf- Godfather games were awesome as well. They were really 50, good.
1: 55 quid for GTA, one, two, three. Is it one, two, three? Uh, it says the trilogy, so, yeah.
0: yeah I, give, I thought it was three, three Vice City and San Andreas.
1: Uh, three iconic cities, three epic stories. Play GTA Three, Vice City, and San Andreas. Yeah, you're correct.
0: Yeah, San Andreas I had on the uh, I I re bought on the Xbox 360, but I, I, it, sure it, it I was like it three it, it was like three quid once. I think I might just so I can play Vice City again. So I, I played Vice City in about 2003.
1: I think I've got other games I do want to get first, but the con of getting a. PS5 digital just to be able to get one is I do have to pay full price pretty much for every game. Yeah. They're always gonna gonna
0: get you like that though.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um back on track. So yeah, Frank confronting uh sorry, Tony confronting Frank <laughs> straight to the point. He says, Hey Frank, you're a piece of shit. Frank said, <clears throat> what? What, what, what do you mean? What are you talking about? You know what I'm talking about, you fucking cockroach. In yeah. What, what did you hear? What about what about the Diaz brothers? Uh, Gaspar Gomez. What's he gonna do when you start moving 2,000 keys? And fuck the Diaz in, what,
0: brothers. Fuck Gaspar yeah. Gomez.
1: I'll bury all those cockroaches. <laughs> but I know you're not really a UFC guy, but um, for a while, uh, Jorge Masvidal, his whole his whole shtick was basically. Um, Tony Montani turned up in, like, the white suits to the press conference. Um, his family's based in Cuba. Um, yeah. And all of this. And it just so happened that the biggest fight he had was against Nate Diaz. And so, oh, like, nice. every promo had just a little clip of uh, fuck the Diaz brothers um, all the way through it. So it, it all just, like, meshed together perfectly. That's quite and nice. And even though. when I was watching it again... Uh, on the left mummer heard me say fuck the Diaz brothers uh, just randomly uh, on Sunday night, but yeah, I feel about to understand, I think. Um, Tony gives it the classic film I'm not going to kill you, let the guys celebrate and then have his awesome. body come up. Yeah. Done. It, it is a great scene. The the wallpaper that we've spoken about previously with the with the palm trees, Tony sat there with the sling on, the blue suit, I've literally got it framed in front of me, uh, cigarette in his mouth, um, pistol kind of literally held by his waist, just pointing at him like with no, I don't know the right, right way to say it, like any other film where your hero is supposed to be in kind of his big blaze of glory here, he's standing with that gun his arm yeah. outstretched, pointing like the most powerful man in the world. And here it's kind of like feet on the desk, gun by the waist. like Very fitting though for Montana,
0: is not it? It's because it's, it's, it's still on the rise. It's just the yeah. next step sort of thing. It's just, it comes oh, it comes naturally.
1: I can't believe when I said about my favourite movie shots, that one slipped my mind because I said to you, I don't think it was on a podcast last week, like. Mm. The first time I watched that film, I literally wanted my bedroom to be with that those orange palm trees like wallpapered around my room, which would have looked absolutely horrifying. Um for yeah. one, it would have wouldn't have been half the quality as the kind of uh it's like a it's like vinyl, isn't it? Um yeah. At the back of the room. So this would have been some like dodgy wallpaper if I'd gone and done that. Um, but just everything about that scene is just I just love it fair enough even at the end when um he's shot through everyone and then manny says uh what are we going to do with Ernie you want a job Ernie <laughs> Ernie good guy no, well, actually, no. him, him shooting the policeman in the, in the middle of that and he says you can't shoot a cop <laughs> who said you ever was one I love the moment in that scene where Frank turns to the cop he's like, you're going to let him get away with this? And he just shrugs like, look, you're on your own here, pal. <laughs> no.
0: there's, there's a new game in town, Frank.
1: <laughs> I'm in your world, here. <laughs> yeah. I'm not getting the handcuffs on. And then the end of that scene, Tony goes and uh, wakes up Alvira tells her Frank's dead. Push it to the limit comes in and then we've got the wedding, we've got like the counting of bills you've got them upgrading to this big mansion
0: it's a great montage just buying it shit it's this again so eaters. um great montage
1: I, know, I must have thought i was quite edgy because uh on the day where william and kate got married uh, my facebook memories has me saying so the real royal wedding with a picture from uh, Tony's wedding with them all in their white suits, suited and booted. They've got the buttons up. They've got the lapels on.
0: You are a dick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's some great pictures from, uh, if they weren't even included in the film, of them just kind of lounging around with their cigars and the white suits, mm. red ties. They must have had a field day film in that. I hope they had pushed It To The Limit playing while they were filming it too. Well, they wouldn't
0: have done, would they? Why? I'm trying to think. Does anyone speak? Can't the music be too loud, when it? It's not always added in afterwards, isn't
1: it? Yeah, well, they, um, I mean, just so they know, just so they've got it, just to get in the zone. Because there's no speaking when they get married. It's all, it's all
0: That's what I was trying to do. I was trying to think of it, music. then.
1: No, yeah, there's no I speaking. The limit. I
0: should be stuck in my head all night now. <laughs>
1: yeah. oh, 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 did you oh, try I, to bring that up? I thought I had nothing in my head till um, some kids walked past um, my office today and all I heard just pure sound them go, i boys." <laughs> <laughs> and that was in my head um, for the
0: whole rest uh, of the afternoon. Me and when I went racing the other week, I must have heard that about 150 times from a certain person.
1: <laughs> um, now, the soundtrack of this, we've mentioned it the whole way through, obviously. uh yeah,
0: bangs. Um,
1: This was re-released in cinemas in 2003 for the 20-year anniversary. Mm. The studio contacted Brian De Palma, if you can believe this, and said, we want to change the entire soundtrack so that rap songs inspired by the film can be used instead. De Palma, as you would imagine, said, you won't be showing it in cinemas if that's the case.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I, I think that's quite nice, though. Like, it would have been
0: shockingly bad. Yeah. But I think, like... As a, like an as a homage, or as a, look, this is what you, this is what you've brought to life, or this is what you've inspired. Still, like, imagine not having pushed it to the limit in that scene. No, I know, I know. Like, like I say, it would be, it, the film wouldn't be as enjoyable. But as a, like, oh, look, you, oh, you brought this,
1: you brought all this into the world. The it's... end of that scene, uh, Tony said, so maybe you can find yourself a first class ticket to the resurrection, <laughs> which is also what, Masvidal called it, the resurrection um mm. now fans of this film obviously uh far and wide S- saddam hussein was a huge fan of this film to the point where the trust funds that he used to launder money um when discovered afterwards was called montana management and that's what it was registered as, the actual, <laughs> as was saddam, the actual... <laughs> saddam going yes montana he's
0: just loving just... it raving to push it to the limit
1: yeah yeah just that I find that that's one of them where things kind of really sink in when um, like some of the most atrocious people in the world are still sitting and putting in their feet up watching Scarface on a Sunday night <laughs> Saddam cursing the adverts on itv too.
0: <laughs> Saddam I
1: think just I for
0: this. Saddam just talking like really taking in my guy Sosa
1: yeah <laughs> Uh, another great scene in this film, as, as we come to the conclusion, um, say goodnight to the bad guy.
0: Yeah, it's unbelievable scene. This
1: said it a lot, but I think this was one of those scenes. The first time you saw it, just, wow, like, this is...
0: You need people like me, someone to point out and say, this is the bad guy.
1: <laughs> Even that, I mean, this, the things before, you've got money in the middle. Well Tony and Elvira argue like um just fucking shook and like his parents are having a go at him.
0: Yeah, just um, shook. Man, it is just man, he might as well just be staring at his own shoes.
1: <laughs> well he's saying uh you got hair on your titties and she's looking offended, saying about how she's infertile, which she looks less offended by. Um she's complaining that she's got nick the pig as a friend, which <laughs> kills me. Um and then after she's checked with drink in her face, she she says quite appropriately to sum up the place in the film, uh, we're not winners, Tony, we're losers. Yeah. It's a nice little it.
0: steady... Well, just, there's a bit of a steady decline from there, and then obviously we reached yeah. uh, the absolute
1: fucking free fall. Well, she's kind of... Uh, key point of all of the film, she's there, obviously. She's a, good bro- she's, a brometer, like, she's like a temperature yeah.
0: check, basically. And
1: so she has the glimpse into the life. The wedding is obviously his high point of the film. Mm. And then this where it's, I mean, he goes from there to. Um, the assassination and then from there he goes back to the mansion. So, so many good bits. It's cool now. I don't think you'd think it was so cool if you were in that restaurant this drunk guy is just just going nuts although I would be impressed at the speech he's come out with
0: yeah you'd definitely be taking it in plays a
1: great plays a great drunk Pacino yeah
0: yeah, he does This guy said does play a great drunk
1: you're not you're not good you know how to hide and how to lie I don't have that problem I always tell the truth even when I lie said that jokingly to people before I was telling the truth even when I lie and if, if people haven't seen the film...
0: They've got no confusion. fucking point of frame be. of reference. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Well, well, how have you not seen the film? Although well, the fact that Jack or Sean haven't seen it is quite quite disappointing.
0: Yeah, I'm su- I was was surprised that that... Was Mate, surprised. Wait for the
1: bad guy. There's a bad guy coming through. You better get out of the way. Mm. That's what I said, you've got that uh, Tony in the bathtub watching TV, um, talking about the pelicans flying. There's a quote, and I don't know if you picked up on this, from the news reporter in this scene.
0: No, I can tell you right now I haven't.
1: I don't know if expressions have changed over the years, but this is supposed to be a national news report, and the reporter says, it seems like all you can do is put your fingers in a dike and pray. (laughs) Imagine Trevor McDonald. coming up with that when he's doing... <laughs> Some big drug exposé. <laughs> I thought that because you can't mishear it because Tony kind of under his breath is like in the and lot. <laughs> and then he and then he gets uh, kind of drawn in by uh, the rest of the story, but
2: mm.
1: baffling, baffling. Yeah, yeah. What they come out with imagine sitting in for for a Super Sunday in that bathtub you'd have a whale of a time in there and it's yeah it's lovely a
0: good good old day big you're
1: old bath you're watching that uh united five, battery united five nil in there
0: have been better than i did watch it Christ, no song.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so i'm bringing you some uh champagne in the tub
0: oh i don't like champagne but when we scored the fifth i definitely would. Have, if i didn't feel <laughs> like i was gonna die i definitely would have popped
1: some um we got, after this, Tony's being stung by federal agents. Um, charged with tax evasion, Sosa says he can use his government connections to keep him out of prison, but only if he assassinates an activist intending to expose Sosa's operations. Um, you've got this big build-up, the activist comes out, um, and they've got the bomb underneath the car with the wife and the kids getting into it. I like that, as far as we've come in this film, Tony still feels like that makes him a moral person.
0: <laughs> well, like, not just not just just not doing the wife and kids. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's like yeah, there's a line, isn't there? Really good there is, and I guess that's part of how it gets put in with the kind of mob mob gangster movies. Yeah, movie as I said, there's a lot, there is code.
0: there is a sense of morality in all of these films, regardless of how
1: yeah
0: skewed it is from normal day to day stuff. Do you know, it's the the wife and kids thing is. That is basically it. it's there constantly um yeah. i mean tony's just trying to he's out for himself
1: yeah i mean if, if if sosa looks incredibly cool uh shadow i said spider earlier he looks like maybe the biggest piece of work you see across <laughs> the three hours like he just looks like he should be playing a villain like
0: mm, he does
1: he's been cast he looks like, like he looks like he more importantly he should just be
0: playing an assassin
1: yeah um he gets capped for his troubles. Mm. Um, again, you do get the big soundtrack, don't you? Um, As his temper flares up, mm-hmm. and he wants to uh, get rid. Tony then returns to Miami where an enraged Sosa calls in to promise retribution for allowing the activist to deliver the expose. Um, pretty quick then, now the House of Cards are coming down. Oh, yeah. Tony... His mother's begging him, she can't find Gina. Gets an address, opens the door. I mean, it doesn't help that he's told Manny, You can't see my sister.
2: Mm.
1: She knows this because Manny's told her, You're my friend's kid's sister. Uh, He loves you more than anything in the world. I can't do this. She thinks coming down the stairs in a silk gown. With nothing on underneath. Yeah. Tony's going to be, oh, okay, you're yeah, here. Yeah. Don't worry about it then. I'm completely fine. Yeah. <laughs> Some self-awareness wouldn't... Wouldn't, uh... wouldn't go amiss. Read, read the no. room. Read the room. Manny, for a start, you can see he's at the door. Don't open the door. Like You've got to think this probably isn't going to go the way. Tell her to hide. It's whatever it is you need to do. You don't think you, he never thinks
0: he thinks they're boys basically. Yeah, but there's being boys and then there's like there's that. No, I know, I get what you're saying, but you think is he actually gonna do me over this? You know what I mean? You yeah. see run you think you think you are tight enough.
1: After after he's been capped, Gina's saying, We were so excited to tell you we snuck off and got married three days ago. Like that's gonna help the situation. Might change it.
0: They might
1: change it. I, they're married now. I'm
0: not saying it would, but knowing that they're married and they're really into this thing, as opposed to you, you
1: might just, you might just absolutely rifle right, it. Manny needs to be approaching Tony with flowers and saying, "I need to ask your permission to take your sister's uh, hand in marriage here." Mm. It's maybe. still probably not going to go well, but do it over the phone maybe. <laughs> No, go and you go
0: go and see him one on one. So uh, Tom, this is this is this is a crack. Um, Somewhere
1: where he's got no guns. Yeah. Maybe take him out him, to a nice restaurant. You should have told him when he was in the hot tub. When he when he's completely in there, it, there's nothing he can do. He's got nothing around him. Yeah. He's gonna slip if he tries to get out of there quickly. You tell yeah. him then. Look. You've got you've
0: good. got the advantage because you're above him. So look, if he's ready kicking off, you can just quickly drown him. Yeah. I mean, just put that like, head back under the water for 30 seconds and exactly. just take take the wind out of them.
1: He, he approached it all wrong. She
0: the, weird incest, she... the, the weird incest
1: bit. Odd. So I'm going to ask you about that. <laughs> Pacino, when he's asked about this, he says he truly doesn't believe that Tony has romantic feelings towards Gina. He says I mean... he just loves her too much that he doesn't believe anyone else deserves her.
0: Yeah, it sounds like he wants to bang her.
1: That's what it looks like. <laughs> you yeah, I mean... look in his eyes when he's in his Coke-fueled uh, rage and she's walking in with her with her gown flailing away. He yeah. looks like for a minute, he's like, well, what I <laughs> <laughs> Manny's not there. Maybe she's depressed. <laughs> I mean, no, by chance. Uh, I'd... It's weird. It certainly looks that way.
0: Yeah, it's, it's weird. I don't know.
1: Do you think you can have him being this completely protective of her and that being the like, fuel of his character's rage without it coming across that way? Do mm. I feel you can kind of disarm that with just a line? Like, nobody else can
0: yeah. do it. like A general conversation probably changes the tone of it. That it's all done with his eyes,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> like it's him just looking at her for the whole film. And you're like, well, he looks at her with more appeal than he looks at his missus. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. Um, that's like I, that's what I've always taken from it, and like the, but it, like it's there, but like when it's just so overt, and she's like, do you want to fuck me? She it
1: doesn't say no quick enough.
0: <laughs> Man, he is. If
1: someone asks you if you're a racist, you answer it. there should be no hesitation. If yeah. your sister says, "Well, do you want some?" There should be, there
0: should be no, <laughs> no, 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 thank you, no, thank you, um, no, please. But it's just right. Like, he, he he's having to drag that no from the bottom of his stomach. Well, that really, he, he really <laughs> yeah. don't want to find it. Yeah, um, oh, I mean, it just
1: it just goes
0: about it in a bad, it just goes about it in a bad way. It's just, it, it it just, it it almost like it, it almost it just annoys me so much. I can't tell you why.
1: What if like you you like? What, what are you going to for... say? Yeah. <laughs> you're ever around for Christmas dinner? Your sister's like, look, I know you and shoot of boys, but we're married. Do you? Oh know, right.
0: Sean? I honestly wondered where you were going with oh, this question. I
1: passion. wasn't going to ask that question. No. Okay,
0: right. I, I so ne- I would never. Yeah. yeah. Um. Like, so do shoot...
1: you do you ice Sean?
0: I'll probably not. Shoot. Go on, want a beer? <laughs> you give it a little jab to the stomach rather than shooting in it as long as he uh, as long as you don't come to, as long as you don't come to the house trying to give it big licks then we'll be alright
1: I think he would you know
0: yeah I think he would I as think,
1: well I think he rocks up um, like
0: rocks up I think he's putting feet on the coffee table
1: you're about to you're about to um, like you've had, you've had your dinner dished up and like there's, there's one bit of turkey left and it shoots reaches over and like takes it off your plate like Look, come on, Keenan, guests first, and he looks yeah. you in the eye as he's taking all the last bit of gravy. Like, you, you haven't got any gravy yet, and he's just looking you in the eye he <laughs> He's just pouring he gives you, it. Gives you a little wink and he says, Do you want to be my best man?
0: At that moment, he gets iced.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're good Goodfellas. Join Goodfellas, where Joe Pesci gets behind Frankie Carbone and the, <laughs> sticks him with a screwdriver. I give Shoot a couple of beers, say, all right, so I'm going to give him a lift home, and I ice him. He gets the screwdriver and the neck treatment.
1: You're bring, comes in, you're, you're bringing out his Christmas dinner and he's uh, shooting you in the feet like spider.
0: <clears throat> if he uh, if he come, comes in nice, you're out like, ride. Right. But if he comes in him give, give it loads then to be honest, mate, it was the, the turkey sent me over the edge more than the other, more <laughs> than the sister part in this scenario. <laughs>
1: Hopefully, he like, takes that on board. I
0: do um, like I do like do like turkey.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. There um, we go I mean w- this this all boils down as we said to, to the showdown of showdowns um, if you didn't know um, the scene the, sorry the shot where kind of uh, the grapple comes over the balcony mm. uh, that, that was shot by Spielberg oh sure he, he, he was on set for the day <laughs> coming to Palma boys <laughs> he was just like yeah Steve do you want a camera well, yeah, he literally says, like, do you, do, you, do you want to film anything? And supposedly that was his idea, um, that shot. Yeah. And he was like, that's oh, your idea. Get me on the camera. Like, and then he liked <laughs> the shot, so I might actually include it in the film. And apparently he likes a bit of trivia, so we thought that would be a good little bit of trivia to, for people to look back on.
0: don't I, no, I honestly didn't know that. Oh, weird. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve, do camera? I'm going to go and have a fag be back in town. <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, Tony Tony comes out of the office after um Gene has been gunned down. Um that guy's like saving Tony for himself at this point. He's like, Look, I'll save you here. You don't have to make the decision, I'll make it, I'll make it for you. He's got a grenade launcher equipped on a rifle. Mm. Um he's shot several times but continues to taunt them. You wanna play rough? You fucking with me, you're fucking with the best. I'm Tony Montana. Um just so much,
0: he's got so much coke in his system that being shot genuinely <laughs> doesn't stop his momentum. How fucking, man he must have been off, he would just have to be off your tits completely.
1: So in, in that scene, um, when Tony just asked him to say hello to his little friend, I don't know if mm. you liked that in the intro earlier, by the way. Um,
0: Honestly, didn't even register.
1: I said, uh, I'm, I'm Lou Byron, I'd like you to say hello to my little Frankie and Bonner.
0: Mate, I didn't even register it.
1: (laughs) Uh, But anyway, when he was firing all the blanks, obviously, and there's the point where Tony kind of ducks behind um, the top of the balcony and he's scrambling around for the gun, Mm. he actually grabs the barrel, which is red hot.
0: I was going to say, it'd be fucking burning.
1: um, And his hand stuck to it because of... How hot it was obviously um so that actually put him out of filming for about three weeks oh, which sure. is why in this scene there's so many shots of just sosa's boys just going like wild around the place because obviously you, you can lose michelle Pfeiffer for three weeks and still get quite a lot of filming done
2: yeah you
1: lose tony and there's not a lot you can do no, so I, what, what? what do just you do as much footage as he could like he's being paid to be on set he's got these actors for the day or whatever yeah so he, he, he just made the most of it. and uh, So that's why you've got all these different shots in that scene. Uh. And uh, Pacino said it's probably the most pain he's ever been in. Yeah. Just grabbing that barrel. They Caught from him. Them, yeah. What was quite new at the time was um, they had like a sensor in each of the guns. So it, it couldn't fire without the camera being on or kind of reacting to the gun. And so that's why the flashes are timed perfectly each time and they never had to worry about it and matching it up because mm. it was some new technology they had, so it was all in sync. Oh, wow. If I asked you to guess how many people die on screen in this film?
0: Not a clue, mate. 42. I was going uh, to say 28 randomly. That was a number that popped in my head, but I thought that's way too low.
1: And this was the first film to have over 200 uses of the word fuck yeah
0: I, I, I bet <laughs>
1: um, so there has long been a myth that Pacino snorted real cocaine on camera for Scarface which I love the idea of that <laughs> Pacino another day in the office <laughs> he racks up another line. Um they've never confirmed what it is most people believe that it's milk powder departments said that it isn't that but he won't actually tell people what it was and um, What Pacino has said is that it quite literally has ruined his nose for the rest of his life. Um, He said, just because it was real doesn't mean it didn't create problems for me. Uh, He said, for years after, I've had things up in there. I don't know what's happened to my nose, but it changed during that film. So he supposedly still has issues today with whatever it is. Hmm. Blocking his uh, nasal passage. Wow. That's a dedication to the craft.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Thanks. You must just play because
0: in heat we'll we'll get to this. It'll be probably basically in heat his character's just supposed to have a coke problem. Yeah. Um they don't show they don't show it, but they were like, Yeah, it, he said he was like, Yeah, he was just supposed to be coked up all the
1: time. So either Big Owl loves it. Or uh,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: He was oh, definitely on oh, oh. Summer when he filmed Jack in Jail. I refuse to believe he wasn't coked up for that.
0: I fucking hate that film so much.
1: I don't think there's anyone that doesn't have that reaction. I don't think Sandler or Pacino don't have that reaction to it.
0: What? How the fuck? I wonder how much money they've paid him to be in that.
1: I don't think we want to know because it'll be depressingly low compared to what we think it should be.
0: Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, you're probably right. At
1: the end of the film, though, we, we get... Tony face down in the pool, the blood starting to fill it up, and you get the close up mm. of um, the World Is Yours yeah. uh, trophy that he has. After you see the blimp earlier in the film, yeah. Could the film have ended in any other way? Than no. <clears throat> no. No.
0: No. Well,
1: because where'd you go? Well, think, from okay. from
0: minute one, he doesn't get you. You know, he doesn't get a happy ending. But where does it go? What well, do you want? It's cut to forty years in the future, and he's just sat sat by the pool. Fag in hand. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It just doesn't. It doesn't play out any other way. For the whole, what goes up must come down storyline. Was it him on the run? I don't. Yeah. I. I don't. Just
1: don't see it. I was trying to see if I could find out how much Pacino was paid, but there really isn't anything that tells you which supposedly Sandler made around twenty million from the film.
0: How deserves that.
1: Like the well, first thing that comes up is a review, and it says it's like Al Pacino got paid ten million dollars and just turned up drunk every day so he could pretend um, to be in lust with Adam Sandler and drag. Um, but there's nothing that actually says how much he was paid. So.
0: I hope it was ten million. I don't think it was. I think it's going to be depressingly low. I think it'd be like two, which, whilst it's still an astronaut, yeah, a national amount of was money, five. Yeah, not um, worth it
1: mental um so you said that i think your brother had the scarface playstation or xbox game yes sir when you were younger and i did mm. i watched a few videos on this essentially it's he survives the shootout at the end yeah um, and he sets out to rebuild his cocaine empire and seek revenge upon sosa yes sir how is it how was it
0: fucking mint <laughs>
1: It, it was like GTA. GTA, really, like GTA.
0: It's like GTA, but you're Tony Montana, and you can buy tigers and shit. For,
1: there's a mint the time, scene in it. The graphics didn't look too bad either.
0: No, there's a mint scene in it. Like a cutscene where a tiger just eats someone. <laughs> this guy's fucking sneaking around, like sneaking around the garden. And the tiger just fucking jumps up and just eats him.
1: This is the thing. If like, if they went like full when they do, they do a cappuccino, and they were like, look, we're making a sequel. Tony actually didn't die in that pool and they just did the video game. We, we would absolutely watch it. Mm. And probably enjoy every second of it more in a hot tub Time Machine 2 kind of way. Yeah. Than a Scarface, yeah. Goodfellas, Heat kind of way.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, still, I mean, I don't hate the idea of going to, going to watch that. I mean, I actually prefer that more than cheap way of going... Oh, Tony actually had a son that he didn't know about and yeah, he seeks yeah. to follow in his dad's footsteps like nah, that, that that doesn't do it for me um, I think the only way the only way I get interested
0: in that is well obviously they have to but I, I don't know when they'd set it because it, like, if he has had a son call it 80, 1980 so what are you are looking you're looking about it's 2000 you can't have him I don't want him to be 40
1: no, no. yeah I think it would be
0: horrible um, oh, I think it'd be fucking terrible, but they're going to do it. They're going to do it. And also, if if, it, if they ever do it, I will will watch it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, shall we move on to our other film of the day before? Do you have anything else to say on Tony and the boys? No, 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 I'm good to go. I am I will commend
0: you. I think you've done, you've done okay though. What do you mean by that? Oh, is this, what, is this not your favourite film ever? It is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was expecting close to it. Like, I think we did a three hour pod on Goodfellas and Good Altered. Yeah. We spent two hours 45 I talking quite, about I it.
1: Quite literally, I think I did ask that one on every scene in Goodfellas. Um, I think with with Scarface as, as a comparison, mm. and I, it sounds like a criticism, but I do quite like the chaos of Scarface. Mm. Goodfellas feels like. Every it's so slick every yeah every scene was intended to be that i feel like with scarface and i'd be interested to know this they probably shot so much more yeah um and you've just got a lot of moments in this where i don't know how to say it without sounding like my so highlights well. in my no i'm trying to word it in my own head like mm. i feel there's more highlights for me in scarface like if i close my eyes uh, i feel there's more highlights for me like I'm, I'm talking the M scene, the bad guy scene, uh, the meeting with Sosa, um, killing Rubenga, that kind of thing. Mm. But yeah, slick is probably the perfect word in the comparison to Goodfellas. So I feel like there there isn't really much you you can miss out because the attention to detail there in every scene, which is why I made a point to bring up that critics review when we did it, um, was because the attention to detail is so much that you can't possibly ignore it. it was, that critic obviously was just an idiot um with this there are moments that you can gloss past more because it isn't really taken away from this i feel like most of good goodfellas you can't really chop a scene i feel like even if you were kind of nitpicking it's, it's tough to take anything out of there as like, i could probably do it who is so it I um, like
0: to have you ever seen the other guys
1: yeah, the what with um. The, in my, well,
0: he says yeah. in it, when he's talking about it, like he like, loves his app and he's on about the Adobe like editing app. He's like, yeah, I recently took two and a half minutes out of Goodfellas. I remember watching that film for <laughs> the first time and genuinely being offended.
1: <laughs> yeah, with the so, Zara, I guess also we we did have more people than we'd actually had on any other podcast this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really
0: yeah by the time you take into account sort of everyone, everyone having a, a chat and a bit of a crack, it, so I suppose it drags out a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I um, for that episode, I quite literally to make sure everyone was involved, I planned uh, tailor tailor-made people.
0: questions. Yeah, yeah,
1: very fair. Um, and the other film we didn't have too much to say. I do still have some things to say about um, Black Mass. Um, so the synopsis here: the true story of Whitey Bulger, the brother of a state senator and the most infamous violent criminal in the history of South Boston who became an FBI informant to take down a Mafia family invading his turf. What do you think the critics think or thought of this? I don't think it was that well received. So Johnny Depp plays a monstrous Boston gangster in his disguise so unsettling you'll struggle to recognise him. Though building upon favourable groundwork and populated with engaging performances, it loses much of its appeal by relating its shocking plot with an absence of panache. I love the word Pilar. I know you do. (laughs) Black Mass paints a riveting portrait of one of the worst criminals in the history of American organised crime. It makes for a bleak view of humanity dressed up in tacky 70s clothes and some of the worst hairstyles ever committed to film. But if you're a fan of gangster movies and or Depp, Black Mass is the best dose you're going to get this year, finally. Johnny Depp clocks in for a remarkably terrifying and charmingly sinister performance in an indifferent entry to the gangster film genre. Indifferent. That's a very good word. The the biggest thing I would take away from this film is Johnny Depp has riders. I mean, I, I tweeted out this, this, the performance of Johnny, Johnny Depp is phenomenal in this. All of a sudden, like a day later, All these Johnny Depp fan accounts that must just look for like anything positive about it. Searched it out because I think I had between like 17 and 20 would be likes retweets. I mean, I'm Mm -hmm. not saying they're going out for the world, but like the account names are like "We Stand Johnny Depp," uh, "Justice for Johnny Depp," (laughs) like everything he's been through, and my tweet saying he had a great performance in Black Mass is "Justice for him," apparently. <clears throat> you're an influencer yeah i i didn't know i didn't know um i didn't know he had the juice like that i thought people were kind of johnny Depp's johnny depp like yeah I I get thought it. everyone appreciated him but i didn't know he, he kind of had those guys
0: didn't know he had yeah i get that no it's not that's not, that's a very valid point mate
1: um a trivia for this i'll go through it kind of more like the usual um in this aspect um many of the murder scenes were actually shot in the locations where the real life murders took place so like if we are talking about um, like spirituality and like the afterlife and things these people can't even be at peace after that they've got johnny depp and a film crew standing over the place <laughs> they died reenacting it for them mm. then gathering people in the afterlife come on have a look johnny depp's going to show you how it happened as they work their way through, it's quite a dark thing to do that as well. But
0: yeah, he I is. guess if
1: you can do it, um, it makes more sense to do it there than anywhere else. Yeah.
0: Fair, fair.
1: Uh, Johnny Depp actually tried multiple times to speak to James Whitey Bolger while preparing for the role, but he refused.
0: I'm not fucking surprised.
1: No, didn't politely refuse, which is usually what you see there. <laughs> this was very much a uh, refused. Get, get this, is, uh, this is um, Clark Duke's manager we were trying to interview and refuse rather than uh, tony orlando's acceptance uh, very polite my guy yeah um to make sure johnny depp's performance was true to the real james bulger scott cooper hired some of Bolger's old associates as consultants to the film each of them praised Depp's performance saying that's why." i mean fair play yeah um Despite filming a substantial amount of scenes as Catherine Grieg, uh, Whitey Bulger's girlfriend, who he then went on the run with, Sienna um, Miller's role was cut for, pace- for pacing reasons.
2: Hmm.
1: Fair. Johnny Depp has said this is his favourite out of all the films he's ever done. This is his favourite? Yeah. Fair enough. I'm surprised. Do you think. It's because he gets a chance to show his acting. Like he's obviously acting in the likes of Willy Wonka, but it's like wow. he, he's a caricature. Same with um, Jack Sparrow in Pirates of the Caribbean. I, I don't know. That would be maybe my summary. Um, this is actually, um, according to him, the only one of his films that he's actually um, watched back voluntarily. He usually goes to the premiere, waits for the film to start, does his kind of bit and then mm. gets up and leaves. Doesn't like watching himself back. So it's apparently, a very common theme, that, isn't it? Yeah, apparently Scott Cooper uh, put his arm around him and said, I'd like it if you stayed. He did. Stayed and watched the film. Mm, fair play. Um, Whitey Bolger was killed October 30th, 2018 at United States Penitentiary in Hazleton, near Brewston. Uh, Bulger was in a wheelchair and had been there less than a day he was beaten to death by multiple inmates, armed with a sock-wrapped padlock and a shiv. He was
0: always going to get killed, man.
1: Yeah, the, the informant tag, I imagine, doesn't help you very much when you're in prison. No. Men always think he was a grass. Yeah. 89 years old when they did that to him.
0: Yeah. That's bleak. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I
0: mean, he did kill and have an awful lot of people killed.
1: Yeah, I know, just that uh, I just you think of prison violence, it's like, Yeah. Uh, I'd laugh as I said that, but you don't imagine it being an 89-year-old man.
0: No, I get your point. But, I mean, there are parts, they reckon there are parts of South Boston that are just, like, literally full of his bodies.
1: Yeah, well, They have the, the reference to it in the film, don't they, where he says, um, well, we call this Bulger's burial ground.
0: Yeah. And they, um, these, he had more than one. There's one bit down, like down by a certain bridge, and he's just like, "Yeah, we just used to bury him here." Yeah,
1: this 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 was released um, worldwide at the same time, so it didn't open in like the US before um, no. elsewhere. as uh, a lot of them do. Ten um, percent of the uh, money made in the opening weekend was from Boston alone. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: strange, isn't it? Um, where have I got to? Ah <laughs> after the real Kevin Weeks saw the film he called it a work of fiction he said Johnny Depp's portrayal of Whitey Bulger Rory Cochran's portrayal of Stephen Fleming, and the portrayal of himself by Jesse Plemons were way off he said the film showed him participating in crimes in which he vehemently denies being involved I'm oh, fucking yeah. That. Yeah <laughs> strange I have Do you reckon he's looking and he's looking at other people in the film and Joel Edgerton is, is um playing one of them. <laughs> Johnny Depp playing the other and he's got Jesse Plebens and he's like for fuck's sake. Who's Jesse Plemons married you to? Um is Kirsten Dunst? on a previous podcast. Yeah, it's Kirsten Dunst, yeah. My man. Yeah.
0: Living his best <laughs> life. Come on. He
1: is, yeah. He's very good in this as well.
0: Um He's great. He's, he's he's just he's just a good actor, mate. Yeah. Solid solid character actor. You don't a bit of a throwback. Just a solid character actor, mate. You chuck him in and you just know you've gone it's very quiet.
1: Performance. I was coughing. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, you you, you guaranteed a certain level of performance so aren't you? Um, William Bolger, the former president of the Massachusetts State Senate, is so short that one of his critics labelled him a corrupt midget during a rant. Benedict Cumberbatch is uh, eight inches taller than the real-life William Bolger. just you say Benedict Cumberbatch has got, got to be like touchy? He's got to be six foot small. Yeah, he he's a guy who he's probably shorter than some people that I would predict him to be taller than. He just looks like a tall guy. It's because he's skinny. Yeah, he stands very like upright as well. Doesn't mm. he? Like, there's no yeah. slouching to him. Um, but that role was actually originally intended for Guy Pearce, who um, dropped Whoa. out for undisclosed reasons. Would have done a good job. Benedict Cumberbatch does a does a good job, but Guy Pearce would have done a good job. Yeah, I think I prefer the thought of. Uh, coming back to this. I think he just looks a bit more straight down the line. Not a great Boston accent, though. Is it not? I I, I don't know. I wasn't paying too much attention. It's not the worst. It's not, time, worst. It's not it ain't fantastic. fantastic. Um, there was another casting, a couple more casting waves. Um, Margot Robbie turned down the role of um, Lindsay Sire due to scheduling conflicts. Jennifer Lawrence also turned down the part Um. Anna Kendrick, Felicity Jones, Blake Lively and Scarlett Johansson and-, and Hathaway were all considered for the role. Wow. So that's the girlfriend he has the kid with.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Pretty, it'd probably be it. When this come out? 2015? Yeah. I think this would be strange for Jennifer Lawrence to do it. It's probably too big at that point. After, after American Hustle as well. Because playing like Wife in a gangster film have been a bit like, especially how over the top her character is in that. Then me doing this, I think it would. I don't think it would have been right. It's, it would be weird for her when every role she has is put, is like so over the top to then play a role in this where
0: to dial it all the way back down.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't think she'd have been right. No. I can. I can. Do you see Anna Kendrick doing it? We did. Yeah. End of watch. Yeah, she definitely does. It's it's Dakota Johnson that does it, isn't it? Have I got her name right? Yeah. I don't know what... I'm going to have a look now. What the real... um, So I look like... uh, There real pictures of when she's younger to know if they've done... I mean, I'm only seeing pictures of her as an old woman, but I feel they... they That's the one he got got caught with in the end, wasn't it? Um, So the one he got caught with wasn't in the film. No, no. Oh, was it not her? No, the one um, that he was caught with is the role that was going to be played by uh, Sienna Miller that was cut out of the Ah. film. Okay. That's why they don't show her at the end when he gets uh, caught. There's there's nothing with her, is it? They just kind of skip forward to him on the road. I mean, either they just wanted someone good-looking or Miss Lindsay must have been a piece back in the day because, I mean... They got Dakota Johnson playing there. The other names they had lined up Blake Lively, Scarlett Johansson,
0: yeah. I mean, Anna Hathaway, I
1: and Anna Kendrick, Margot Robbie. Like, yeah, yeah. someone said, Well, oh, doing you a favor here, yeah. I'd say my man Whitey then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he's done well for himself. Mm. Um, Tom Hardy was actually considered for the role of John Connolly, but he. Said he he wasn't going to do it, and they went for Joel Egerton. I like yeah. Joel Egerton more in that role as well.
0: You do, yeah.
1: You're a big fan. I am, and I feel like on this podcast, I came across like I don't like Tom Hardy, you, which isn't I mean, the case. Oh. I like Tom Hardy. I don't like the constant feel of people that they need to kind of just shoehorn him in to any role. Like if if you think. Kemba accent was bad. I'm not imagining a good Boston accent from Tom Hardy. Hmm. No, no. Uh, uh, well, he does. Have you ever seen Drive?
0: Yeah. Not Drive. Yeah. No, and it's not Drive because he's not in that. It's Ryan Gosling. But... Yeah. Um, have you seen The Drop? No, I haven't. But I know the film. Him and uh, him and Gandolfini. He doesn't know. He does like. He's got a passable American accent. The Boston accent is probably a little bit harder to do.
1: My thing with, with Tom Hardy is I feel he's reached a certain level where he he isn't fairly critiqued, and it's a similar thing that would happen with DiCaprio. Although I, I've never really had a need to criticise the performance, problem. Um mm. just just in the way that there's always going to be enough people backing his corner that you you can't really criticise him. Yeah. Fair. So that's that's what I feel. Do I still sound clear enough? I just had to put one headphone on charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So, the word fuck is said more times in this than it is in Scarface. That surprises me. Mm. Yeah, me too. Um, 254 times is said in this film. Mm. Whitey Bulger was number two on the FBI's 10 Most Wanted list behind Bin Laden. Um, When Bin Laden was killed in 2011, Bolger then held the number one spot for just over a month before his capture. Say that again, sorry. if Bolger, after Bin Laden was killed, went to the top of the FBI's most wanted list.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because you're on
1: the run, if you're number two, there's got to be a point where you're like, you want to be number one.
0: (laughs) So I would think it's the complete and utter opposite.
1: Is there, how much of a difference is there between two and one? Because the guys that are looking for Whitey Bolger aren't the same guys looking for Bin Laden, so I can't imagine like the effort's ramped up. So.
0: Well, once Bin Laden's dead, they've probably got a fair few more resources to commit to it. Yeah, fair. i got to be honest. Um, never forget that Obama press conference. We got, we got him.
1: <laughs> oh, There's listen. that clip in there of um, John Cena at some wrestling event where he takes the mic and he cuts a promo on the fact that Bin Laden's dead. No fucking shot. Yeah, he stood up on a table and all sorts. Jesus Thank God bless America. It's <laughs> 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 the worst American thing ever. Yeah. Um, so the ending of the film briefly shows the capture of uh, Wally Bulger. And it's factually correct. Um, living under the alias Charlie Gasco at the time, Bulger was arrested in the parking garage of the Princess Eugenia Apartments in Santa Monica. Mm. Um, this was on June 22nd, 2011. Um, according to FBI agent Scott Gariola, Bolger immediately put his hands in the air. and When he was ordered to get on his knees, Bulger replied, I ain't getting down on my fucking knees. He was wearing white trousers that he didn't want to get dirty on the oil stained floor. Right, fair enough. At that point, uh, He knows they want to bring him in. Yeah. Uh,
0: I mean, it's amazing how long he managed to get away with it for. Yeah. It's just, I mean, I suppose it was just cash. the it it must have had, when he went, he must have had so much money. There's rumours that he was in Ireland forever.
1: Well, they say in, before the credits of this, don't they, that sightings across the world. Yeah. Which then leads you to wonder, why did you come back to America?
0: Well, did he ever leave, mate? Was the point?
1: Yeah, but I mean, if, if as you're saying, he was spotted kind of all over the world. Well, sightings
0: it, it doesn't mean he was there though.
1: Yeah, but if you, I thought you just said he, he went to Ireland.
0: No, it's, it rumoured he was in Ireland for oh, okay. for a long time. Yeah, if
1: he did, then it, it, it doesn't make much sense to come back across, does it?
0: No, because he put, um, they put a like the Winter oil gang. They put a lot of money in the Boston Mob. They put a lot of money into, uh, to, to they gave, they gave a lot of money to the IRA.
1: Strange that they don't really include that in the film, do they? they like the winterhill Gang, there isn't really much inclusion of them.
0: No, no, no. They, I mean, they weren't massive, but yeah, they gave. They gave um, by all accounts, they gave quite a lot of money to the IRA. Yeah, I well, guess
1: they used have to a say. it in this.
0: Yeah, they used to say about whist- the tins whistling and the barns in Boston. People um, rattling for collections.
1: So We said about um, Johnny Depp and Wade Bulger. Um, Joel Edgerton chose not to meet John Connolly because he was aware that Connolly's version of events differed drastically from the way they were portrayed in the film. He says, I felt like even if there was a possibility of me going to see John, it simply would have felt slightly unfair. The idea of me strutting into prison to learn from John, knowing that he has one version of events, and the film we're doing has a completely different version.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's
1: fair. It? It, it, there's both, there's
0: pluses and minuses to it. Like, it depends how far you take it. But obviously... The
1: the I'd um sure for for his own interest, do you think he should have met him afterwards? Like it's not Maybe. affecting the film at that point, but then I'm not sure how much John Connolly is going to want to come and see him No, but I mean on
0: the other hand, do you um I don't know, would you go and see him afterwards? What well, happens if he says something? You're like oh shit, oh, really? Oh I wish I could use that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, more just out uh, of interest, I think, uh, like curiosity, but. I think I said to you, so he, he's only just come out of prison, John Connolly, he came out in February. Yeah. Um, essentially, he, he's 81 years old, he is dying, um, mm. to put it quite bluntly, and he applied for a medical release. He applied um, when COVID first kicked in, as yeah. I think every prisoner in America did. I yeah. can't be in here, COVID's going to get me like the rest of the world. Um, He tried it, that was rejected. He then uh, applied for an appeal because um, said he was no danger to society. Um, he didn't have long left, and he'd served he served enough time basically. Um, yeah, and so all you need then is a two to one split um, to get the verdict, which which he did get. And he was mm. uh, he returned home to Boston, of all places. who went straight back uh, straight back there, so I can't imagine the reception was too great. Um, see, there was something else with it. Um, ah, so the murder that you see in the film where I get the guy's name, he, he comes in to the prison to be an informant and reports the crime with the uh, housing contracts, yeah, and the building of the land, and he essentially gives the details of the guy to Whitey who gets him killed. Yeah. Um so he, he got a murder charge from that because he gave the information that directly uh,
0: led to the death of someone.
1: Led to the death of him. Um, And because he had his police weapon on him, while he told Whitey about who it was, Mm. that apparently contributed to it um, as like murder with a deadly weapon. Um, During the filming, his murder charge was actually overturned. Oh, wow. But, but by the time the film was then released and it was appealed, uh, it was reinstated. So, yeah. Rough one for him. Um, um I mean... Is it for him? i mean I'd say it's rough in general. For him, it's rough. I think it's been overturned and then it comes Oh, back. right. Okay, right. Sorry, I'm with you. I like...
0: a break. Like, no, no, say, no, no. Not at all. They did, um, like, did actually just mean like, someone got killed directly because of him. Yeah. Like, it's one of them where... Look, you like read the room. Who are you talking to? He's hardly going to give the fella a slap on the wrist now, is he?
1: No, no. It's are you surprised at the level of actors they acquired for this film? Because no. the sounds of it, they had quite a lot of budgetary concerns. Like, if you, if you do any reading on it, like each one of these actors probably dropped out two, three times, and then eventually they all kind of, oh, well, he's doing it. I'll do it. He's doing it. I'll do it. Um, I don't know.
0: It's, it's, it was a fascinating story, it,
1: it was, and
0: he like if he would have got caught in, don't know, so he was on the run for twenty five years. He'd have been caught straight away and never would have gone on the run. It just never never happens. It's the FBI most wanted part. The fact that he still would have done all the things he'd done, obviously. But yeah, take away the FBI most wanted bit and it's just another. He's just yeah. another gangster. So he's just not New York and he's not Italian. He's Irish. It would be. Closer to the unique the uniqueness of it, but that he was on the run for twenty five years. That's where it becomes film worthy.
1: Um, like Johnny Depp's performance in this is obviously phenomenal. Um, Joel Edgerton in this, like, I really like just how weasily he plays it, and just the little moments, particularly towards the end when they catch um, the Irishman at the harbour, yeah. um, and he says like. Was his name out of interest, and the way you see him gradually as the film goes on, try and kind of explain it to himself, justify it, all, all the little things. I do, I do think is really good. I think mm. the way this film, I think
0: that's where the version is different. So I don't think the real John Connolly. Do you know where he is, Weasley? He's justifying it to himself, yeah. and he's this, he's that, and he looks like he's almost. He, at a certain points, he's being coerced for this and that. I think they're given quite a sympathetic, sympathetic, sympathetic go of it, you know, in certain parts. I do, for the most part. I think until it
1: gets to the end, and you've got um the character's name's John, and it's uh, John harvard's character in it. Yeah. I think that's when it flips, and it does look bad on him because. You hear me again.
2: Yeah.
1: One of me, head, the headphone head died, so I had to switch back over. Um. Yeah, there's the point towards the end when it obviously is going badly yeah. um, and he keeps saying like Whitey Bulger did this the great Whitey Bulger this and that and that's when I think you kind of lose any sympathy for him but the, yeah the, yeah, you are right but they do for Joey's you know, so to this he,
0: oh he's not and he's scared and he's this and this but in real life that guy was fully
1: in yeah the thing he was living living the life I think the thing that makes you feel most sorry for him is there's the point isn't there with uh, Kevin Bacon's character who wasn't a real guy by the way it's kind of an amalgamation of different couple, se- yeah. senior um, officers Yeah. where he says basically like we can't get Bulger but I have no issue in taking down the police officers and yeah. so he's made to look like a full guy in that instance rather than kind of an equal part of it yeah well, he was fully in Yeah, for sure. He liked the power of it.
0: Mm, The money.
1: I do think there's probably some other people, um, whether they were or not, within the police force that could be looked at because it wasn't just him signing it off. (laughs) There was plenty of people that were happy to be getting this information, didn't do their jobs in checking where the leads were coming from, etc. Yeah. No, no, of course. Um, Yeah, What I was going to say was, I think the biggest way the film comes down is when you tell someone you know this is also the story that the departed is based on mm. because the second you compare them things don't end well for black mass then
0: no no they don't I, th-
1: I think as a singular film it's okay <laughs> like it's, it's good and i think you said the same or maybe it was tk with um Godfather Three whereas like, i probably not get half as much hate if nice, it didn't awesome. have the Godfather name yeah in front of it yeah and um, I think that could be similar in that if this film isn't in any way related to The Departed then you're probably you're probably all right but when you start comparing I actually don't think Joel Edgerton does any worse really than Matt Damon Matt Damon in the I'm in, in terms of I'm gonna say I don't have the same level of hatred. Matt Damon in this is a, in the departed is as much as I've ever hated any movie character ever. Good. But I just I don't think you you hold the two and
0: you They you are say played the they bad, are played differently
1: though.
0: Matt Damon in the job. departed the Matt Damon in the Departed is what Joel Egerton should be in this.
2: You he should, you should just be an outro the
0: way the rest of the film is. No, and that's the point, but he should just be an yeah. outrun fucking scumbag.
1: Yeah. we're doing that in a couple of weeks so i'm, oh, no, excited I'm so excited yeah you, you call us cats <laughs> it's... Oh, it's about... oh, i think as i said i, I do just really like joel anchors <laughs> just i i think he's really good in this um him him and johnny depp there, there's a look in johnny depp's eyes throughout but this it's film. always like hope... Yeah, it, it actually is, is just it. dead. Yeah, no, he's just dead, mate. There's the bit in the hospital when he, he, he looks at his girlfriend there and he says, "How fucking dare you. When in fairness, she is talking about unplugging his kid. Mm. So he is justified in that situation. But you have that moment where. They have the camera and it's like it's literally held right in front of his face. And I think it's the first time they do that in the film yeah <clears throat> and another example of when they do that is when he's grilling john for giving up his family recipe that quickly yeah also probably fair but the speed at which he gives it above to it a secret i would be concerned in his shoes but the issue is you shouldn't be in his shoes and be a mass murderer that's having to hide the fact you're an informant to the police yeah fair think whaty
0: bulger was really a good dad well, yep. you often get it. You often get it with each kind think of things, he, don't do you? Where think you so... think he
1: was throwing a birthday party, changing nappies? I think he probably was. A lot of the stuff you read about the, these mafia guys is they they were so bad that they were kind of able to turn it off like it was like their desk job, and then they get back home and they have that's these. What, I mean, that's values, that's
0: what it was. That's what it was for. That's what it was. Because
1: there's um. As, there's, as,
0: there's the as my girl Karen Hill says, he didn't marry
1: 95 nine guys. No, we married blue collar the, guys. There's the podcast on um, Koklinski and like they say, like he would arrange his killings in like so he could be back home and uh, having dinner with his family at five five in the evening, and he'd be having a big smile on his face and asking how they, what the kids were doing at school, etc., etc. <laughs> Quite they they were great family people in in that kind of (laughs) comparison. So I don't think it's the most outrageous thing in the world to think he would probably throw in a birthday party and this and that. Mm, Fair enough. They have a little thing, don't they, where he says um, he's telling his kid. That the issue wasn't that you punched him. The issue is when you did it. Mm. So not the worst advice in the world if you're going to be dishing out all of that, but it's a little indication as to his character yeah. his missus isn't that concerned she's like oh, don't be teaching him that yeah. for a start you had a kid with a guy and you know what he's up to so, so yeah, don't be taking the moral high ground now
0: again it's all lifestyle isn't it
1: I think my favourite line for him is uh, in the bar when uh, the guy's drunk and he's kind of giving him some jip and he, he raises his hand to it and he says give it your best shot because if I get up I fucking eat you I do like that <laughs> and it's one of them where you see he absolutely means this and then yeah. what the next day he's shaking his hand saying I forgive you while he's yeah. getting popped in the back of the head
0: yeah I mean people make bad choices drunk that's up there yeah <laughs> I don't know, many so mob, many... don't know many mob bosses as you probably would have guessed but no. can't, can't think threatening them is ever a good idea <laughs> no
1: no there's so many just like completely like cold lines in this film. There's the one after they've um, just killed Flemmy's uh, stepdaughter. Mm. And he says, now clean up your fucking mess. We've got dinner at Connolly's in an hour. And I guess that ties in with what you'd said. about Could he be going home and doing this kind of thing? Like we've mm. got to be able to dinner in an hour. And like he's weirded out that, Fleming isn't just completely back to normal by the fact yeah. that his stepdaughter has just been killed right in front of him. Yeah. And he's had to bury her and then and then go for lunch with uh people who he doesn't really like.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
1: I do think um his performance, and I'm just gonna get his name again. Um the guy that plays um uh, Flemmy, and I think his name is Stephen. Um sorry, no, Rory Cochrane. Mm. because I, I can't say I've seen too much from no. him before um, he's in Argo that's what he's most known for on IMDB um, I actually tried contacting him to do something before this podcast but couldn't get him out so I thought he, <laughs> he was attainable which is always a kick in the teeth where clearly they're not Yeah. but yeah he's really good in this from, from what you read about Flemy. he should almost be as feared or held as like that much of a bastard as um bulger
0: oh mate he was killing people
1: all yeah the time. and the way he plays it in this is he does play that kind of silent rough looking yeah Like. yeah he, he he lived in england most of his life actually rory cochrane yeah born in new york spent his childhood in england and then returned to new york um to train at a high-performing school of arts
0: Ooh, fair.
1: Um, what do you what do you think of this film so we had the reviews that were kind of split like some of them were saying uh, great performance of Johnny Depp but not a lot happens and there's a lot like, oh, that I quite like they kind of <laughs> it's
0: like it's, it's 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 good it's not my favorite of uh, these types of films
1: no that'd be sad I think I like it because of the array of names in it. Like, I quite like appreciating each of their individual performances. Like, I like Benedict Cumberbatch in this. I I like Johnny Depp in this. I think it could be his best performance. Like, he's great in this. Hmm. Um, There's so many little bits, like I was talking about Joel Edgerton. Sometimes I do quite like when things are more inferred seen in front of it. The only disappointment is when you do go off and read about mighty you is it's like you could have had so much more like i don't first my, cut of this that's
0: my uh, that's my big thing
1: i read the originally, book originally
0: okay and there's just so much more you could have done
1: so originally um the 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 first cut of this was around 3 hours long
2: and mm. the director
1: wanted and felt that they had the actors they had the material to justify yeah a okay. 3 hour long film um the studio essentially said, Yeah, you got no fucking chance. Like, rip it up. It's too slow. I don't, they didn't like the pacing of it. And yeah, they told him basically, you, You've got to trim about an hour of this, which is how they trim a whole Sienna Miller roll. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think they could have done a, I don't
0: know. I think they could have. You think put... you can do three hours at this pace? No, and that's the problem. It's the same thing. I know the the Irishman got a lot of stick for the the ageing down and stuff, but that is also one of the problems it runs into is the pacing of it. Um, Although I do, I'm actually one of about four people on the planet that like (laughs) the Irishman.
1: Yeah. I I like this, but then I also the the criticism I do see of it, I can't really disagree. Fair enough. The things about... um, you were kind of just waiting for something more that never really came. Yeah, I think that's a fair, fair thing to say. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I don't think you can knock Johnny Depp's performance. I don't think you can really. I don't think you can knock much of what you see on screen. I, I think the, the fairest criticism, as you said, is there could have been more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, that's de- oh I think that's definitely, definitely true. Did you think they. Um, made uh, Joel Aikudson's role to have some uh, kind of sympathy behind it, they almost do that with Bolger in a way, in terms of when they're showing you in making sure uh, what the old lady has her shopping put away and yeah, I... the bits with his kid and wanting to go upstairs and wake him up and being playful there and you can suck off for that one. Do you think with um so at the start where tipping off in the car, um, Weeks thinks that it's him that's going to be in trouble. Bolger just starts kind of pummeling this guy, and yeah. then just looks looks to weeks to get involved. Mate, you, shouldn't just... really been there. <laughs> you can't really do a lot more in that situation. It's Well, it's not me
0: getting whacked. Let's get on with it. He him. just absolutely fires into him like the that first fight. Seen...
1: With big,
0: the first fight with a big man Kev like when he's just yeah. game as fuck.
1: And at the end when he's like, that's that, that's what he's was he say his cousin or something or his uncle or yeah. whatever he says, and he's like. How am I supposed to know that? <laughs> Fair, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree. Unfortunately, I that's be not sure. how that's gonna work, mate. <laughs> well is no, it is it is it's great. Um anything else or should we do the uh, judging and tie a big bow around this one? Uh we can judge it. Let's get on to it. Do, do, do. Okay, which film did you prefer?
0: Uh sorry, Scarface. I didn't need to think about that at
1: all. Which do you think is more rewatchable? Scarface. Best moment slash scene for you?
0: You you actually know the answer.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I do, but uh, Sosa here. Yep. Uh, I I agree. I agree with that today. Uh, It could change for me, uh, but it would be the same film. Um, Best quote?
0: I'll tell you one time.
1: (laughs) I don't don't know what, what... what mine would be because some of them are they aren't really for me and then I say them on the podcast and uh they're they're the ones that get me. Um it's always like maybe you can buy a first class ticket to the resurrection. Um but in my head now I have just had I tell you one time for the last week. So mm. I'll go with that. MVP.
0: Tony Montana.
1: Best side character. Uh, I, I, if you'll give me i'd probably go kev oh yeah no, i was working out here yeah, i was speaking of uh, the actor yeah i'm trying to think initially in my early like, here, which he has as a, a smaller role as any i think joel egerton's character is, is too much of a main but mm. um i would i would probably go for um william Bolger, um benedict Cumberbatch's role. Well. okay Got quite like his little pop-ups um, throughout this. I did mean to say, as far as kind of cringeworthy scenes go, when um, Egerton is, is in the office with the guy from House of Cards and he's trying to offer him the baseball tickets and then say, why don't you come out for a drink with us or why don't you come and do this, and he's just getting rejected time after time after time. It's hard mm. to watch. It's harder to watch than the torture scene at the end of Black Mass. Uh, okay. But you you tune in to a White Bulger film, you know that's coming. I didn't expect to see uh, Joel Egerton getting uh, pied six times and then told to just do his job. Mm, fair enough. Which don of the film, and well, I guess in this situation it's Scarface and uh, Bulger, is more mm. powerful?
0: I don't know. I didn't know you are going to ask one. me that. Um...
1: I do not know. I'm going Tony. Okay. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, I wouldn't disagree. I mean, money. We <clears throat> were talking about money, obviously, Tony Tony wins that one. Yeah. Well, I don't know why he had a bit, but he'd certainly be Tony, wouldn't it?
1: Um, better dressed? Oh, Tony. Best soundtrack? Scarface. Great. More original? Black Mass. I'm gonna say Scarface and. Also, I'm thinking of the time when I first watched it, in that a lot of it, I truly haven't seen anything like, like it before. Fair and enough. So I guess if you go all the way back, it was supposed to be quite groundbreaking. So that'll be my pick. Um, bigger impact. Scarface. Best opening scene. Scarface. Best ending. Scarface. And best chemistry
0: lean towards black Mass, i suppose the big one of the points about montana is about tony is him the lone wolf but
1: yeah i think i agree and just the sum of the parts that they put yeah, together fair. in their uh, black mass really. I, I do love that so it is the blowout we were anticipating um eleven two in the end so gets over the line just about um next week we have next week we have king of new york nice. up against uh, captain phillips i've never seen captain phillips oh, you've seen the the meme that came from it i assume Yes. Yeah. On the captain now <laughs> um so yeah that's what we got next week my, my first time seeing king of new york so i quite like it when we've both kind of seen one each going in
2: um
1: mm. i'd like to say there'll be a uh, Group effort next week, but you you've got to imagine it'll just be a uh, two-man mission. To, uh, we'll do our best as always. So yeah, I'm we, we, hope are, the of-
0: we hope you. We hope you enjoyed the two-man two-man pod. Yeah, and
1: you're
0: not missing the others too much.
1: Two and a half hours so far. Some minutes will be cut out for silences and whatnot. So yeah, probably around the length of time we were anticipating. I would say. Hopefully it has been uh, enjoyable. So thank you again for listening to another edition of the Spitballing Pod. We'll be back next week. Goodbye.